All right. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Catching Up with Jacob. And uh, due to unforeseen circumstances, Jacob uh, had to be in Texas, and he's not going to be able to uh, to come today. And uh, it, it is um, fortunate, unfortunate to, to to let everybody know one of our, our dear friends from Texas, uh, good brother in the Lord, had passed away, and Jacob is doing a funeral uh, along with David Lister. Um, the other side is glory. He is a believer, and uh, he is with the Lord today. So we glorify the Lord in the fact that this brother had uh, preached the gospel for many years, believed on the Lord, was a was a faithful man, and he's with the Lord today. And uh, uh, it was unforeseen. It was an accident. And Jacob is doing the funeral today. So he won't be with us along with David Lister. But we also have another dear brother, a great brother uh, from last year. He did a couple episodes with us. We brought him back, Sandy Simpson. Oh, thank you so much, Marco. I'm really glad to be here with you today. And uh, uh we continue to, Jacob and I in particular, and yourself, continue to do uh, weekly Bible studies on Zoom and uh, live stream. Uh, those are available through Morial TV and also RTN and also on my site, ACT TV. And, uh, of course, you can always come to my website, which is Apologetics Coordination Team. So, Very good. Yeah, thank you, Sandy. And uh, more information to come because you guys need to get a hold of Sandy's stuff and, and material and resources. He's got books, DVDs, CDs, you name it, he's got it. Books online, books on uh, on print. So good stuff to visit Sandy's website. There's a wealth of information, great resource. And thank you, Sandy, for being here with us. You're, you're welcome. I'm really glad to be here today. Amen. Uh. Amen. God bless you. And of course, down the street, too far, not too far from my house. Jay, how are you, Jay? I am very well, Marco. I have not muted myself, so everyone should be able to hear me. So, <laughs> praise God. I'm here, and I'm ready to catch up. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm glad you're here, brother. And Davey from Australia. It's Saturday morning. Good morning, Davey. Uh, good morning. Well, yeah, still morning for you guys? or <laughs> uh, Just about. It's afternoon. Right? It's afternoon now. <laughs> Good to be here in the end. Yeah, always. It was a pleasure to have you here, brother. God bless you. And of course, we want to welcome all those who are watching live on different uh, platforms from Rumble to uh, live stream on YouTube and Facebook Live. And of course, Signal and uh, not Signal, sorry, Telegram. I always can get those two confused. Telegram and Vimeo. And uh, what else do we have? Well, that's it for the uh, third-party platforms, but we are on Morial.tv and MorialTV.org, which are our flagship websites. And uh, more of that to come because we are going to integrate our websites pretty soon. So it'll be awesome to see. And um, But you can visit Morial.org and find a wealth of information there as well, uh, missions and things like that. And, of course, um, you can also go to Sandy's website. Uh, what is the website, Sandy? Deceptioninthechurch.com? Yes, deceptioninthechurch.com and he's got great stuff there videos and, and articles you can also visit as, as he mentioned the, the the bible studies that he has weekly you could also um, go to wednesday mornings 11 a.m pacific time is that right jay yeah 11 a.m pacific time here on memorial tv is live on youtube and you can find sandy uh teaching the bible and uh, he's got a wealth of other, you know, he's done the epistles. He's done the message on forgiveness. What are you on right now, Sandy? Revelation. I am um, most of the way through uh, a study uh, on the 
the uh, seven letters to the seven churches. That's right, seven letters. Uh, it's entitled Letters to the Church. That's from a book that I wrote, but it, the book is from a, a Bible study I did years ago. So, Amen. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. And um, well, we can't. Well, you came to the church last year, so we can't wait to have you again this year. We, I you know, know. We, I'd love to be Amen. back at your church, Marco. Amen. Great well, place. We love you, and we want you back. So uh, maybe we could do the seven churches on a little weekend stuff uh, uh, with us here. So that would be the, an expanded version uh, uh, of Sandy's Seven Letters to the Seven Churches. That'll be a lot of fun. And uh, of course, you can find more information also at churchcodtruth.org. And if you want more information on the YouTube channel, there's uh, the More Truth YouTube channel. And we just started a Spanish channel as well, which uh, uh, Morgan will start a Spanish channel as, as well pretty soon. But if you go to the More Truth, the More Truth Espanol, you find some Spanish stuff as well. So more stuff in Spanish. And uh, man, I'd love to get uh, uh, Sandy in Spanish. I wonder how you sound, uh, Sandy, in Spanish. But we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, at a later time, but that would be really. I wish good. I'd spent more time in high school actually learning Spanish, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I didn't retain very much of that, unfortunately. No worries, but we can make that happen with technology today. Yes, you can. Yeah, so very interesting stuff. We've got to get. We need to mark that down, Jay. And get Sandy stuff in Spanish because it's so it, it's so good. Well, good for a lot of believers, but especially newer believers to understand. Uh, understand the gospel so all that said we welcome everybody we will be live streaming catching up and then we will be going to backstage and we won't be on youtube on that one or on facebook live but we will be on the other ones and we'll be taking questions for sandy and jay and davy as well uh on rumble so send those questions to davy and uh he'll get them on rumble and we'll pick them up and if there's any comments that you guys want to make throughout the uh throughout the live stream let uh we can put it in on youtube we can uh, filter it out and get it out and uh, if it's a comment that we can make that would be awesome and uh, we love to share it and especially the things we're going to be talking about today because we got a, a backstage is going to be really impactful uh, we're going to be talking about a follow-up on Alistair Begg and his doubling down on what he said about uh, going and attending a gay wedding and buying him a gift so we'll talk about that with Sandy you heard Jacob's perspective David's perspective last week well Sandy's perspective this week and we'll talk about that on backstage so hang on to that but in the meantime, let's get caught up. Sandy, we have, you haven't been on Catching Up since last year, um, and we talked about a lot of things last time you were here, but things have escalated, we would say. Things have escalated, and now we have the not just the possibility, but the reality of a Middle East war involving U.S., the U.K., the European Union, Israel, Iran, Yemen, Iraq, Syria, some people call it World War III, uh, but you know I, I, I don't know what to call it except for it is bringing in a lot of people into this war, a lot of countries. And for the most part, uh, there, it's been approved by the Biden administration, although it's limited targets to Shiite targets, Hezbollah targets in Yemen, Syria, and Iraq. Uh, Sandy, when we talk about war like this and we talk about a potential cataclysmic war in the Middle East. What are your thoughts on that? And 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 how? Do, I mean, obviously, we're all sad about it and we don't want war, but American soldiers are being attacked. Um, ships are being attacked. Uh, Israel's being attacked. They're fighting back against Hamas. Uh, but it just seems like it's escalating. What are your thoughts on it? Yes, it is. Well, the United States needs to respond, especially to these attacks on the shipping lanes, because that's going to affect the, the world economy at the rate they're going. Uh, but also, 
all of these groups are all backed by and funded by Iran. And so the United States should have long ago stopped funding Iran and cut off their sources of funding that they have. They should they should have taken out some of their oil refinery capacity, but they can't do that because the United States has been told not to uh, not to manufacture uh, their own. Uh, mm. Even though we were the leader uh, in the world on, on uh, the production of fossil fuels, but uh, now we're not because Biden shut a lot of it down. His first day in office. I mean, he literally. His first day in office, he vowed to do that, and that's exactly what he did. And he crippled the economy. He he caused th these problems in, uh, um, uh, you know, inflation and all that, and the yes. prices of everything. Because you know, look at these truckers. I mean, these poor guys. They 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 got spent thousands of dollars on fuel to mm. to drive their trucks. Yeah. And um, they can't afford to do it. And so the prices just go up sky high. Um, you know, and everybody knew about that. But, uh, you know, people have put this, the, the whole green agenda above everything mm. when it's actually based on false information. A lot That's of it. True. Now, Iran says that they did not, they were not involved in this attack on the U.S. troops, killing three 24 wounded, then another American base in Iraq, uh, southern Iraq, and in Jordan was attacked. So you've seen the attacks. Now, they claim we didn't do it, says Iran, which is really That's simple. That's what they always them. say. <laughs> simple for them to do. It was some proxy, right? It's some, some, some lone wolf attack. But obviously, as you said, Sandy, they've been investing in a lot of war, investing in a lot of weapons, and investing in a lot of proxy uh, Hezbollah, Hamas type stuff. So multiple reports say that ships are still getting hit from the Houthis, yes. which is another Iranian uh, back group. So, uh, Sandy, in your opinion, is this going to escalate? You got a UK, uh, uh, UK it's, ships, American ships. It's bound to escalate because, mm -hmm. frankly, this war has been going on for a long, long time. This That's is not a new thing. That's right. It's just that. Uh, the U.S. response has been so weak that mm. it has caused these guys to think, you know what? Let's get our, let's take our chance now. Yeah. Let's attack. Let's step up the attacks. So that's that what crazy. spurred Hamas on and Hezbollah on and the Houthis and and everybody else. Uh, they feel emboldened, and uh, I can guarantee you that if Trump were president, this would not have been happening. Mm. Well. Yeah. Um, Biden on Biden only yesterday at the uh, prayer breakfast, he was calling for peace and security, and basically said, "We continue to believe our best days are ahead of us." So, wow. yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's a pipe that? dream, you know. And then, then he gets yeah. up there and he says, "I have one word for you: don't." <laughs> As if that's going to stop these guys. Oh no, he said, "Don't." Yeah. Yeah, and, and and Sandy, you're right. China doesn't doesn't have any threat at all whatsoever. Russia and the Chinese oh. are the worst of all. They are absolutely expanding all over the South Pacific down there. Oh yeah. And, you you know, were, when you were down there, uh, uh, I don't know how far did you go down there, uh, uh, Sandy, but you were on a trip last year. Did you see some of that yeah. stuff? Okay. Yeah, they're they're very concerned. I mean, Guam is a prime prime target. The oh, Philippines. Easy. Yeah. Um, yep. They've expanded through Micronesia. Many of the Micronesian islands have 
kind of uh, given China access to their islands, and mm -hmm. they don't realize that with that, you know, they may be getting some monetary help, but with that comes strings. Strings come attached. No, you're and, right. Uh, you're right. Yeah, it's dangerous business. So they're they're on a mission. They continue to be on a mission uh, to to take over that part of the world. You know, I, I've been hearing a lot because of the war. I've been hearing a lot about conscription and draft, and it's all over the world. I mean, it's. Uh, uh, I was I was talking to a dear friend here in the states about conscription, and, and we were talking about his grandson, and, and obviously I have a son too, and, uh, and and other believers have you know older kids, a little bit younger kids, grandkids. In Australia, they're you know they're floating the idea of conscription, right, David? I think I saw an article that uh, you know we both shared it on the conscription in Australia, the UK have come out very, very open with their sergeants and military leaders talking about conscription. Uh, we haven't seen this since World War II. Uh, Sandy, your thoughts since, on that? Since, since Vietnam. Since Vietnam. You know, right, I, yeah. I, all of my friends my Thank age you. were, you know, they were conscript. conscript there was a draft. So yeah. um, I'm very thankful that uh, at that time, uh, my number came up really high up in the 300s and so i didn't i didn't have any worries about getting having to go mm. but i had other friends of mine who ended up having to go to vietnam and wow. they came back completely messed up you know <laughs> it it totally screwed them up mm. and some of them it took them years decades to get their head right after being over there it's pretty scary yeah, I mean, war is no no issue. I mean, people think of like a video game, you know, some kind of video game that you go and you start no, over. It's especially nothing. over there and over there and, uh, you know, Afghanistan and Iraq and stuff. People that come back from there are just messed up. Oh, completely, yeah. And now we're talking about mobilization of the whole world. I mean, you're talking about the five English-speaking countries, Australia, UK, Canada, U.S. Yeah. They're all floating the idea of conscription now, and and it's just very worried that I'm very worried and, and very weary of hearing it. But it it seems like because there's there's an escalation and no exit, there's no off ramp. Nobody's saying, hey, let's have peace. Hey, let's have this. Uh, that at some point it's gonna it's it's gonna spill over. Yeah, yeah. To your point, Marco. Um, every diplomat that is in the State Department is failing miserably at their job. Yet we continue to bankroll them, to do yeah. nothing to take us off this ledge. It's mm. it's it's absolutely unconscionable to even think about sending another uh, army group to the Middle East to fight yet another war, which will right. just resort in the maiming and, like Sandy said, probably the mental disintegration of everyone who goes there. Oh, it's horrible. And, you know... <sighs> The idea of peace through strength has just been lost. Yeah. You know, that's everybody used to know that that's, you know, you look at what Reagan did, <laughs> you know, tear down this wall. I mean, he, he got them to tear down the <laughs> Berlin wall, mm. but we, you know, we've gone away from that, you know, and uh, that's the only thing that they, that these guys, these radical uh, Islamists, that's the only thing that they, you know, that they uh, uh, admire is strength in somebody. They don't that's admire right. weakness or people who want to just say peace, you know, doesn't, doesn't work. 
just because you say it, it doesn't mean the other person is going to want to give it to you or or, or live on their exactly weapon. Exactly right. Especially it, if they have an agenda, and their right. agenda is kill all the Jews, kill the Americans. That that's not that hasn't changed for decades. Well, I think they've forgotten really the 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 you know the, that Islam operates under the premise that everybody has to submit to Islam. Everybody has to submit to Islam. Everybody that's has correct. to abide under the crescent moon of islam and, and it's world domination that's exactly what it says and so what the quran says and also the the other uh you know uh uh interpretations of the yeah. quran that's right. uh you know they basically say that you know if a person is not willing to uh believe in allah then they can be killed you can kill them yeah and if you mention and, any uh, of this they will scream Islamophobia before yeah, before right. you can say another right. word. So yeah. if you tell the truth about them, immediately it goes to using the cultural norm of saying racist this yeah. is, to get you to shut is, up. That's how they get everybody to shut up now. You look mm. at what this, this situation that's going down, on down there in Georgia. I mean, yeah. She's calling everybody racist when she's the one who's the racist and, you know, she's also a you know, ripping ripping the government off, <laughs> you know. But oh, everybody, it's, it's a racism issue. You know, it's yeah. horrible. It's the old classic line, but you know, in re in reality, obviously, you have Islam has an agenda. The CCP has an agenda for world domination. It's in their oh, ethos. Oh yes, yeah, it's in their ethos. Uh, which, if you're going to put Iran next to it, you put Russia next to it. So you you have this sort of weird mix of ideologies. You know. Uh, of, of the CCP and religious uh, with with Iran, and ultimately they want to bring their domination, their perspective yes. dominations into the world. And here's the West, completely weak, completely absolute godless, immoral, completely gone the other way, so much away from their heritage that now they're as corrupt, even and even worse than the group that they're fighting. You know, where yeah. now you're subjugating their own people under a new flag you know which is the lgbt flag which is all the other isms that come across in the western world that if you don't submit to it then you are hateful bigot racist whatever you guys said it absolutely true um, I, let me just interject uh, what i think is a ray of sunshine though i think there are a large number of people in the u.s in particular that are getting sick and tired of this woke business They've had it. And uh, I think there's a backlash to a lot of this stuff that's going on. I so agree. I'm really hoping that that's a growing trend. Right. And that they see their way clear to electing officials who are actually going to do something about that. Yeah, so, I, I really do hope so. With the, since, the, go ahead. Sorry. since Sandy interjected a ray of sunshine, let me bring a dark storm cloud real quick. <laughs> right. And. <laughs> In the cases, talking about the CCP and talking about Islam, but in CCP in particular, you have no better example of, of what is known as lawfare than what's going on in, in Britain right now with the Brendan Kavanaugh, pianist in a station playing, and Bingo. he's he accidentally films a, a CCP propagandist, and now they're suing because he's racist. Again, using our laws, using our culture against us. That's right. The weakness, the weakness of the West 
to impose the reality that are like, wait a minute, these are foreigners in this country but, where openly you can film, you can open share, and, and because they were offended and uh, and they called them a racist because he even touched the flag. I, I, I watched the video, what you're saying, Jay, it's absolutely horrific. This man is well known in the, in, in the station there for playing the piano and entertaining people, and it's a lot of fun. It's unbelievable what they've done with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, isn't it interesting how now everybody has to agree with these <laughs> cultists and false religionists and perverts. We all have to agree with them now or else. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when did that happen? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not my, it's, I am not, I don't have to agree with them at all. That's right. I can have my own opinion as well, you know, but oh, no, you know, only certain opinions are welcome. The rest of them are not. And that's where we're heading. We're heading toward a situation where all Christians and Jews are going to be persecuted to the max. Yeah. And we're heading that and and, and we're going to be talking about that for sure, Sandy, uh, uh, toward the end of the episode, because you hit the nail on the head. This is where it's going. It's a trajectory thing. It's, it's not one thing. It's a collective of things that is heading toward a direction that um, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised, especially in the West, that this has actually happened. It's actually happening. Uh, Sandy, the mobilization in the Middle East is also part of this. And war with Hezbollah, it's something that seems to be in the horizon. And now that Israel has been fighting Hamas, obviously the October 7th attack and the attack on, on, on Jews, and they retaliated against Hamas. It's, it's a horrible thing. People have died, and young kids have died. Nobody wants to see that. This is this is horrible. This is this is what war is like. Uh, but everybody wants Israel to just get killed, not not respond, uh, just just take it. But obviously, Israel's not doing that, and, and the chagrin of a lot of people, even in the church, that don't like Israel. And now you have Israel saying, "Well, Hezbollah." Uh, in their attacks from the north has to come to an end. And it seems that, you know, the escalation now is to the north. Another another scrimmage, another war. I and mean, Hezbollah, it's no joke. I mean, it's, it's much more powerful than Hamas. Uh, this is going to be, you know, quite a situation with Israel in the north now fighting another war front. You know, people here in the U.S. are so quick to, you know, condemn Israel but I dare you to, to, you know, let's let's say you were living in <laughs> uh, New York and somebody was sending bombs down on, raining bombs down on New York every yeah. single day. Mm. Don't you think you'd want something done about it? I of course. Think, I think AOC would want something to do about it. <laughs> I, I think, especially it was over their homes. Yes. But I mean, uh, you know, this is all part of this is complete socialism, Marxism is what it's all about. It's all about, oh, those those hoity-toity white people over there in Israel, you know, they deserve to get what they get because the rest of the entire world is being repressed by Israel, you know? And um, the same thing with Christians. They're, they're being repressed by Christians. <laughs> by you Christians. Know? Yeah, that's what they say. And, you know, it's it's okay to kill people if they're you know if you're retaliating from being so supposedly repressed well that, that's but, the new norm isn't it if you have to, if yes. you have to kill somebody because they offended you that is an yeah. okay killing. Yes. that's okay to do that you know but it's not okay to defend yourself you know if you're viewed as 
an oppressor, you know. That's right. Well, think but, of the, the universities. Think of uh, uh, Harvard. Think of Penn. Think of the, the, the uh, <laughs> MIT. They, they, they openly allowed, you know, the calling for genocide of Jews yeah, in America. Yeah. And they said, well, they have the right to say something. that We're not going to stop them. We're, we're, they just have the right to do yeah. that. It's free, uh, free speech. Free yeah. speech and, and, and free they get free speech, but not yeah. anybody else. Can you, you imagine know? that they're calling for the genocide of Jews and nobody bats an eye. And the president of the co- of the colleges, thank God that they're gone. At least two of them are gone. That they say, well, do they have the right to say that? You know, it's it's nice that they're gone, but the colleges are absolutely completely full of these <laughs> these progressives. You know, these socialists. They're communists, is what they are, and, yeah, uh, and that's what they've kids been in high school. They've yeah. been teaching our kids all the way from kindergarten on up uh, to view the world this way. And the thing is, is, you know, I've always said that Americans need to go live in another culture for a year and find out what the world is actually like outside of the U.S. Because I don't think they'd be such big cheerleaders for socialism if they had to live in Venezuela or, you know. Uh, I was about to say, it depends on where they go. Because, yeah. Well, that's true, but almost you know most places are just overrun with uh, with socialism. I hate to say it, but when I took a trip up to Canada to do a conference up there, I was shocked at all the stuff that these guys have to do up there now. You know, because they've got a dictator yeah. in charge. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, living in another country myself, being born in another country and living through socialism, communism, I can tell you, I tell my kids all about it because I don't want them to forget. You know, I, you know, this is paradise and compared to, you know, some of these places in the world and, and you know, to think of, you know, having to say that this is such a, oh, it's, it's yeah, I don't like the sin in this country. I don't like what's going on here. But by far, you know, if somebody had to live in another country, they would be begging, begging to come back. Well, just that's why do. we've got these millions coming in at the border. Yeah, it, it's just no, there's no, yeah. there's no surprise that they still want to do it, right? Uh, in Israel, if they do go to war, this is what we're up against, Sandy. Uh, prepare for the possibility of national blackouts because of it's going to be a big war. It, population without electricity, disruption of communications, internet, telephone. So we're looking at, at least for Israel, a very deep war that it's not going to be one month or two months. Hezbollah. You better hope that's not during the winter, and that's exactly what the Bible says. Mm. You know, just hope it's not during the winter. Yeah. Because yeah. that's when it gets, that's when it really hurts when you lose power and water and all yes. that. Yeah, and we know some, you know, really good believers, sound believers up in the north, and this is this is no joke. I mean, you think war, like I said earlier, is not a video game. You just can't do reset and start over. This is this is loss of lives. This is loss of people. And um, again, the well, fun. Go ahead. We, sorry, Marco. Where's you know we know it's all we know it's coming. Uh, we've been warned about it from in Revelation, etc., and in some of the Old Testament books. And we know it's coming. We know that there's. Uh, wars and rumors of wars coming uh, that things are going to be worse and worse it's like birth pains they're going to get closer and closer together the pain is going to become greater and greater uh, we also know that a guy will come along and and say that he's going to solve the problems 
and he will implement some policies for three and a half years and everybody's going to go, oh, yay, this guy's great, you know. <laughs> and then, uh-oh, he's going to turn around. and uh, He's going to look like the good guy. He's going to be like when the great evil starts to happen. He's going to be on the side of the Jesus is coming back only one way. He comes back in the clouds and every eye will see him. Every eye. He's not like going to show up uh, spiritually in the churches. He's not going to, you know, that's that's what these that's what these dominionists are saying. Hmm. You know, they've been saying it for years. Benny Hinn said that Jesus showed up in his you know, his crusades over there in Africa and Reinhard Bonnke said it too and you know, it's like uh no. Wait, Reinhard Bonnke? Oh yeah, Bonnke. Wow, what a name. Who is Bonnke? Oh yeah, he's Bonnke. <laughs> but I mean, he's a it's he, Andy, regarding he's, Bonnke. A word of faith guy. He was a big yeah. buddy with uh with Kenneth Copeland. So that wow, should tell you everything. Yeah. yeah. Sandy, regarding Bonke, real quick, didn't he start out right? I mean, didn't he start out with really good as, as a preacher at the beginning? Where I think he, he may have started out right, but he kept getting further and further in oh. the Word of Faith stuff, hanging out on TBN with these guys, and picked up all that stuff and started to do Slain in the Spirit yep. and yep. Uh, started to claim that he was raising people from the dead. And the thing is, he actually got kicked out of, I think it was Nigeria, because he would have crusades over there and like a half a million people would show up, Yikes. but then he would be like getting people to come to the stage to, to get slain in the spirit so they could be healed. And people would rush the stage and 30 people died in one crusade, just oh. trying to get to the stage. And so they finally banned him from coming there for a number of years. And then he came back again, but you know, they were, they're passing around pillowcases to collect the money. The guy was like, you know, stripping these poor people over there of their money. Uh, it's it's bad. And this is at the thing that always happens, right, Sandy? They they, they oppress always. the they rip off the poor with uh, shamanism, with basically they're they're the, the disgrace because they're they're liars and hypocrites. And even if they started out right, which is my point was the danger of it. Like you can start out right and head into completely apostasy. That's, that's the danger. And that's why we have to be on our toes to watch people because they can slip down into apostasy so fast. They'll make your head spin. And uh, some some good people, we'll talk about that later. You know, it's, it's shocking to me. Some of the good people that are slipping right now as we speak. Mm. So we, we, yeah, this we, cultural we, Marxism and... Yeah. And relativism is just taken over. That's right. And we don't mean to be alarmist like we're trying to get, you know, more clicks and more views. I mean, this is the reality of where they are. This is not to sound, you know, uh, you know, sensationalist. It is truly what happened. And this is truly what we see in Scripture. This is truly what we read in the Scriptures and the warnings to believers. Not we don't to do this to get more clicks, Marco. Yes. yes. You're, you're pastoring a church over there. I have put my neck on the line to warn people about the false teachers and they've come after me in every shape or form, both me and Jacob, you know, like threatening to sue us and calling us demons and everything else. I've been called every name in the book, mm. but the, the Bible tells us we need to stand up for the truth. Stand Watch for out for the false prophets. That's right. Watch out, you know, because there's a spirit behind the false prophets and it's the spirit of antichrist. 
Yeah, and this is where the big deception comes in, Sandy. And, and what I've seen is in, in, in the church, the deception, the, the avenue of deception that is mostly used right now, uh, it's, it's in the area of eschatology, the, the, the largest yes. area where, you know, how is Jesus coming back? How, when is Jesus coming back? How is he going to appear? And they have a flood of false teachings. Flood of it. Uh, you, yep. All you got to do is go on YouTube and you can see all kinds of that stuff. And the problem is, is that there are very few people out there who've been teaching eschatology for for decades, like Jacob. And if people would just listen to him, they would have a clue about what's actually going on. But you have to correctly interpret the scriptures. And right. most of these guys, thanks to people like Rick Warren and others, uh, just completely went away from teaching Revelation or, or in, anything, you know, having to do with end times. Well, they Revelation is not allowed to be taught anymore. Revelation is not allowed to that's, be taught. That's right. It's too controversial, they say. Well, Nobody that that comes from Reformed theology. They mm. don't believe that Revelation is um, appropriate for today. They think mm. that all of that happened in the past. Yeah. You know, that's called preterism. Yeah. And we even got a guy down there right next to where you are in Rancho Cucamonga, Hank Hanegraaff, who switched over into that. Yeah, and uh, started promoting that the the Bible answer man, you know. Uh, <laughs> I I'm think sorry, he's but he's in, not. Yeah, I think he's Greek Orthodox now. If I'm not correctly in. Oh, pro that's I correct. He went over yeah. to Orthodox. Yeah. Yeah. Pro Iran. You know, yeah. it's just give me a break. But um, you know who went yeah. into Greek Orthodox was uh, uh, Schaefer. Schaefer's son. I think his name is Frank Schaefer. Yeah, that's Greek sad. Orthodox. You know, because uh, I had a lot of respect for. Uh, Francis Schaefer, yeah. but uh, yeah, well, that's what happens. You know, you can't blame him for the next generation. No, no, you can't. Screwing up, but glad to see it. This is part of the apostasy, right? Part of the it apostasy. Absolutely is. You, you know, have great heritage. You can have great heritage, and it's and hard to watch. Yeah, you know? I was. But talking it's affecting today. everybody. I mean, you talk to anybody with kids. Yeah, and their, their kids are messing up. Yeah, pray for mine, man. Pray for my kids, man. They, they, Me they're too. Young, but we're all dealing with it. You that's know? right. I was talking to Jay. I think it was last week. Jay, we talked about it. Uh, Book of Revelation how, uh, from your Lutheran background. Yeah, I was. It was fascinating because I mean, I knew about Luther's view and, and poemicism, what they call the, uh, the the encouragement. But you can talk a little more about that, Jay. Just to remind everybody. Yeah. Uh, what how you grew up in it. Yeah, we, we were basically told that uh, it is a book of the Bible, it, it, it divinely inspired, but to, to really grasp it, it's no human can really grasp what's there. That it's poetics, it's, it's, it's symbolism, and, you know, to try to interpret it to, you know, reveal the future is, is not necessarily there in Lutheranism. It's, uh, you know, it should be avoided, uh, it should be read... But it shouldn't be used and studied as as you know most eschatologists do. It, this you know. is this is why the Reformed theology churches are so far off because they don't really believe that certain uh, certain books of the Bible are even literal. They don't just go to Revelation; they go back to Genesis too. Oh, that's just a story. Yeah, it's yeah. a fable, and uh, you know th they say that about a number of books in the Bible. And so they're not really believing that the Bible, you know, where it is meant to be literal is literal and it's actually talking about the truth. Yeah. So then you get all these guys who end up being uh, 
the theological evolutionists because you know they don't believe <laughs> that God said it was one day and one night. <laughs> Those are the same it's people who will clear. deny that Christ turned water into wine. That's correct. That that, that he healed the blind. I mean, right. If you take away the the, the narrative in in Genesis, you might as well forget everything else. That's correct. Yeah. I mean, the whole deal is based out of Genesis, and if you don't understand Genesis, uh, particularly with regards to uh, the creation and and Adam and Eve and sin entering the world and and the flood, then you have no basis to understand almost anything. That's why these scientists have gotten so far off because they can't come to believe that there was a worldwide flood, and yet they found. <laughs> seashells and stuff up on the very top of Mount Everest. What does that tell you? You know, come on, man. How did that get up there? Did somebody bring them up there? <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, Sandy. I, I laugh because it's so it's so obvious. Right? Obviously, if you put on some lenses already, theological lenses, you're going to see things that you want to see. And you don't. And the things you right. don't want to see, you're going to put them off. And, and this right, is what, exactly. Right, we, we that's, the, that's the problem of coming to the Bible with a set of of doctrines that somebody else taught, you know, mm. Calvin or, oh. or, you know, whoever, Arminius, you know, you can totally screw yourself up to where you can't even understand the Bible anymore. Yeah, yeah. You need the Bible to help you understand what they're trying to say. You need the Bible <laughs> to interpret the Bible. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you, you know, I just wanted to mention this real quick. They, they, you know, most scientists do believe in a worldwide flood. It's called the Younger Dryas to them. Mm, yeah, but right. they will say there were there were no humans around at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well. Even though every know, culture in the world has a flood has narrative. A, has a narrative. Yeah. You know they they cannot agree with what the Bible says. They just can't. Yeah. Because then they would have to acknowledge to, that there's a God. Uh oh. Come to grips with that reality. You don't want to face that reality. You know. Uh, as an agnostic myself, ex, 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 uh, agnostic myself, you, you know, we wrestled with that. We wrestle not with the existence of God, but with the reality that God can intervene in in man's affairs and man's in, in, in judgment and uh, actually be part of our world, as it were. You know, we just did not accept that. We couldn't accept that. Oh, not because we didn't have the facts. We just didn't want to accept it because didn't of the reality to. that it would bring. The God, that would come, yeah. Somebody God. is your judge. Somebody's going to. To take you to task. Bible. Yeah, the, the God will cross into time and space and come and die for our sins and, and, and be nailed to a cross and rise from the dead and ask and, and, and command you to come and follow him. You know, that was the challenge, I think, of all uh, agnostics, at least at that point. They might have changed now because now it's 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 a different type of agnosticism that exists because we don't can't accept truth. We'll talk about truth at the end, Sandy, because it is the real fight of personal truth versus absolute truth. And I think Absolutely. that's lost in the church. It's been lost, not just in the world. That that's that's always been a battle, but in the church, which was supposed to be the bulwark of truth, of all truth, that's not there anymore. Now, to your yeah. point, Marco, uh the church has seeded controversy. And because they will not fight it, they won't stand against it, they want to go along to get along. Because <laughs> of that, controversy has become the normal. Rather mm -hmm. than being fringe like a controversy usually is, it's become right. mainstreamed mm -hmm. because Christianity will not take a stand because it has this idea, like Alistair Begg, 
we need to fill this tent up with everyone and everybody must be accepted equally. Well, yeah. you're accepted as much as you follow Christ. There, there, there are degrees that you listen to someone. How, how do they imitate Christ? How do they walk with Christ? They're not walking with Christ. Well, should they oh, be in the same tent? The whole I, right. the whole thing is right. all about. I am a little god. I decide my fate. I decide who I am. You have no words, no cause to say anything to me about what I'm doing. Yeah. But they don't realize <laughs> that if you realize that there is a God, <laughs> and He's the one who created you, that actually you do have to answer to somebody. That's and right. it's our job to actually they don't they don't understand we're actually there to help them mm. we're not there to like say well you're going to hell you know no that's not that's not the where we're coming from we are there to try to help them to understand who the lord is and that jesus came to save them from themselves yeah you know so they could avoid they could avoid eternal eternal damnation so they could and, avoid eternal. you know if you decide to harden your heart and you continue to blaspheme and come against Jesus Christ, especially the way it is these days, just look back at what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah and you will understand what's ahead for yeah. this world. Yeah. And that's why Genesis and Revelation are under attack constantly now, yes. especially now. It's always been by the liberals. You remember the liberal controversy in the early 1900s, but they divorced themselves of that and conservative believers divorced themselves of that. Yes, they did went on their own to teach fundamental orthodoxy and theology and now who are doing that i've told that story before my dad was a congregationalist Mm. pastor and the congregational church was a good church it uh they were evangelical they sent missionaries out to hawaii and they went out from there all through micronesia but then later on uh a bunch of liberals took over the, you know, took over and they had to split and the split was over just one core doctrine, which is the inerrancy and sufficiency of, 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 of the scriptures for, for Christian life. And that's what they split over. And it became on one side, the United church of Christ. And on the other side, the four C's up there in Canada, Mm. Um, and my dad was actually involved in that whole split. This was in nineteen in the nineteen fifties. Incredible. Um, and a number of churches went through that. The United Methodists, all the Methodists went through the same thing. They used yeah. to be the Methodists, right? But then they became the United Methodists right. and the other side. Um, there's not much of another side anymore. Not, not anymore. But, uh, you know, uh, but the thing is, is that again. If if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. And people, uh, you know, uh, a lot of these pastors are hanging out with people from those churches, from the United Methodists, the United Church of Christ, thinking it's okay. Oh, they're my brothers in the Lord. I may disagree <laughs> with them a little bit, but, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. No, they're not your brothers in the Lord. If they deny the, the uh, if they say that, the scriptures are, aren't inerrant, are, are, are errant, then uh, you got a problem. That's a core doctrine of the church. Big and uh, I sat and I listened to some leaders in the Reformed, um, the World Reformed World Mission, 
uh, the Reformed World Mission, and uh, they didn't know I was listening to them, and they were saying stuff like, "Oh, the Bible, the Bible's got all kinds of mistakes in it, and the the Bible's not, you know, it's a, uh, it's it's not our, you know, it, it's got errors in it and all this stuff." I couldn't believe what I was hearing because these From guys the were my friends, and then all of a sudden they find out, you know what, we're not on the same page at all. And that's why I wrote the article uh, on the five core doctrines of the church, mm. because all five of those core doctrines are under absolute attack. Uh, the, the Trinity, the dual nature of Christ, salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. The Bible, the inerrancy of the Bible, and Jesus coming back bodily to rule and judge the earth. Those five are under the most attack of all. You know, Let's talk about that one, uh, Sandy. It's okay. the, the return of Christ, uh, because one of the things that eschatology has really divided everything up, right? People have divided over yes. eschatology, say, and it really, not the theology is wrong, but the the, the, the interpretation, the way people see it, the, the, the pre preconceived ideas. And one of those areas is Israel. Now, people are absolutely yes. just, just absolutely hateful of, of, of Israel, anti-Semitism. Of course, there's another side to it, which is, you know, the, the corruption of Israel and the leaders and stuff like that. And we have agreed to that, that they're, they're absolutely as, as well as corrupt as our, our own leaders here. Sure. However, it doesn't take away from the reality of God's plan and purpose for Israel. Now, I'm going to quote this article, which was basically UNRWA, UNRWA, which is the United Nations branch yeah. to help and fund the, uh, um, the, the quote unquote Palestinians, quote unquote uh, refugees and all that stuff. But it's the biggest Ponzi scheme in the world because that money, billions of dollars, even the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times and uh, uh, have admitted that this is in the Congregational uh, Congress hearing that they have uh, admitted that UNRWA, and the, some of those employees have actually participated in the killing of Israel, especially on October 7th. This sure. is not just bad apples. This is money that's being used to support Hamas, and that money is going in there not for kids, not for schools, but to construct tunnels where, where Jews are being held hostage, Americans are being held hostage, schools that are being built so they can host rockets that are being launched into Israel. I mean, the list goes on and on about the destruction of Israel. And yet we don't really understand, I guess it's, it's the church as a whole has taken a stance that anything that is Israel, anything that is related to Jews, it's well, bad. We can't support it. There are two parts of that problem. Number one is people don't understand that the UN has always been against Israel. And, uh, <laughs> You know, uh, least, enough, they both started in 1948, right? They both started. People who give money to UNESCO and these UN things are crazy. You know, they're not doing what they ought to be doing with that money. Mm. And uh, the UN has always, the URI, United Religions Initiative, all of these liberal churches all signed on to that, which means they wanted to, to mix all religions together. They've been behind that. For oh, that's right. Many, You're right. Many decades. Right. Yeah. And um, and then the other part of that is that a number of churches have bought into the reformed ideas that uh, that that the church replaced Israel and that all of the covenants and everything that was spoken about Israel has all been transferred to the Gentile church. Mm. Well, you, you talk about bigot bigotry. I mean, that it's ridiculous. And. You know, the, God has not rescinded his promises to Israel. 
and they can't be just directly applied to the church like like uh, uh, Jonathan Kahn was doing in his books. You can't go back to his, to Isaiah and say, okay, well, this this is talking about the U.S. No. <laughs> That's the treason. Yeah. This is total false. Mm. You know, it's incredible. And this is obviously UNRWA, uh, that branch has been absolute caught. They, they got caught with not just a few bad apples, but, you know, crazy annihilation of Israel within their own organization. Yeah. Uh, some countries have withdrawn their aid, uh, which Norway is not doing, but Norway is calling people to come back and fund it. I don't know what they have. But, but oddly enough, UNRWA has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Well, Nobel- that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're giving, you know, Biden that stuff. And, you know, I couldn't believe I, I was in the supermarket. And, you know, it's like the people of the year of, of Time magazine is Biden and... Uh, What's her face? <laughs> Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'm like, you people are, you've turned this into something totally different. Oh, man. Yeah, some of the recipients of the Nobel Peace Prize and nominees, such as Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Benito yeah. Mussolini, Fidel yeah. Castro, Vladimir Putin, Yasser Arafat. So it, it's it's not surprising that here's another organization that has just been this kill, uh, killer, anti-Semitic. It's they a bunch of communists that are yeah. that are in charge of it. And Barack Obama yeah. got the 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 peace yeah. prize oh, yeah. while he's at war in two countries. So yeah. great great yeah. job with the peace. Yeah, it, it it's it has. I mean, Time Magazine Man of the Year was Adolf yeah. Hitler one time, Joseph Stalin of the Year. So we can see now that Sandy, this is now coming home here in the states and obviously other countries yes. like Australia, and UK, uh, and and and, and Davey can talk a little bit about this. What's going on in Australia? But the protests surging protests uh, now that the funds have been drawn from UNRWA so now billions of dollars are not going to be available as of yet uh, you have death threats to people that support Israel uh, like in the in, 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 in the Tory party in, 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 in England uh, you have other people who have been targeted here in the United States uh, yep. Chicago now of all places wants to declare a ceasefire uh, in the Hamas-Israel war and uh, and they passed a city council resolution of a ceasefire. I thought the uh, ceasefire should have been in Chicago, not in, in Israel and Gaza. But anyway, what do I know? Yeah, that was a very good point, Marco. I mean, talk about disingenuous and ridiculous. They're the ones who need a ceasefire up there in Chicago. It's one of the worst crime cities in America. 2,400 shootings, 617 homicides, just in 2023 in the city of Chicago. So uh, I don't know what they're looking for in Hamas and Israel, but, you know, should look in their own yard. But the, the protest, though, Sandy, Congress, you got those two congresswomen, the, the, the actually the squad, but the, those particular one from Michigan and the other one from Minnesota are just absolutely insane regarding this. I don't know what caused people up there to elect these people. You know? It's ridiculous. Most of them are absolutely really unqualified. I guess they got elected because they're, you know, they're they're people, women of co- women of color. They, they got two good things going for them, you know. But yeah. most of them don't really don't have a brain on their shoulders at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's just beyond, you know, why they got elected. But anyway, 
Yeah, protests are going to continue. I, I mean, I can't really uh, blame Minnesota for electing some of these uh, congresswomen or, or Michigan because uh, here in California, we, uh, you know, as we a collective, we elect the Gavin Newsom. Yeah, yeah. brain well, not the, necessary. The left coast. Yeah. <laughs> Who goes to Target? Uh, God help us Congress. all if Newsom becomes president because oh. that's going to be as, just as bad or worse than Biden. On a Zoom call that he was on, he he talks about that he was surprised, but he was at Target that. People just walked out, you know, without paying for stuff. And he, he, he went to the clerk and said, are you going to stop them? And the clerk said, no, because, you know, they lower the threshold now that we can't really stop them. And it's the governor's fault. And he's shocked that they actually blamed the governor, which they find out that it was him and they wanted to take a picture with them. But he was just like, what? It's not my fault that they're doing this. How out of touch can these people be? Well, I Where mean, are they living? He was recalled. There was a there was a recall on him, and he still thinks, "Oh, I'm so popular. Everybody loves me yeah. in California." Oh yeah, he's a, he's obviously in love with himself. Oh yeah, yeah, the George Soros effect, right? The George Soros effect to stay in power. But he's shocked that oh, the police. You know, what, what's the police not doing anything about this? Why can't you call the police? Well, reality is, you know, these DAs, these district attorneys, uh, yeah. funded by Soros, don't do anything. Yeah, against- they won't prosecute. Throw them right back out on the street, just like they did these these illegal immigrants up there in New York. You know, oh, just throw them right back out on the street, and now they're headed. I think three of them are headed for California. So oh, good man. luck to you guys. <laughs> by by the way, can a governor remove a district attorney? They can. Well, okay. So if the buck there stops go. there, <laughs> whose fault is it for not removing people that won't enforce the law? That's a good point. I doesn't want to do it, you know. It's it's, it's too politically inconvenient. It's, it's the will of the people that we go completely lawless in California. <laughs> he'll wash his hands. He'll take a VP position or a president position. God forbid that day happens. But um, send him as an ambassador somewhere, please. Yeah, send, you know, send, Kurt, him, to send him to Kurdistan, <laughs> Burundi, or something. Yeah. You know, send him that would be too much for Burundi. Yeah, send him somewhere. You know, get him out. Go. Yeah, uh, but Sandy, that—that's you know, we can joke about that. But in Europe, it's no joke. Europe is in upheaval right now with the farmer protests. Netherlands, Belgium, France, Germany, um, Italy, uh, some parts of Scotland, some parts of the uh, of the UK, but not not a whole lot there. Not a whole lot here in the farmers either in the United States, but definitely in Europe. Uh, I mean, they have opened fire with rubber bullets against farmers in Belgium. How long is this going to go before, you know, perhaps governments give in? I don't know. But Talk about biting the hand that feeds you. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. The, the 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 farmers. Well, one of the things that farmers are protesting is climate change. The, the, these uh, uh, crazy ideas that the European Union is signing up for, from the WEF, from the World Economic Forum, and the UN, that they have to have zero carbon. Zero carbon by the year 2030, 2040. So you can't have cows, you can't you can't have farms, you can't have food to save people from the catastrophic that's coming, which is climate change. Oh, brother. I mean, can you believe that? I mean, it, it, food, it, it's not essential anymore because, you know, the, the climate change is more important. Yeah. Uh, the the rubber bullets, Sandy. I don't think it's going to be rubber bullets soon. If this, no, they change over to real bullets pretty soon. Yeah, it, they it, don't get their way. 
Yeah, no farm, no food. Well, no farm, no future, no farm, you know, very accurate words that the farmers are saying. But why are the only ones that they're they're standing up against? The farmers are the only ones. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know, these protests that these people, it's like their whole life is one big protest. <laughs> you know, that's all, you know, that's what we have to do. Yeah. Uh, Germany uh, was really, really bad. Holland, it, it, David, did we confirm that France get, caved into the to the farmers? Um, I believe so. I, I have been trying to verify it from another source, but I do believe that is so. Yeah, that is incredible. I mean, I, I mean, I remember last week we talked about if there's one group of people that know how to protest and know how to fight back against the government are the French. I, there's a lot of things I can say about you know France, but the French people, man. When they get something going, they they will spray uh, manure in the in, in the prime minister's home in the palace. They will put manure everywhere, and they will burn tires. It, it I'm not advocating for well, you know violence, well, but I'm talking about the fact that they know how to protest. They also uh, ripped up all the roads too. Uh, they cut basically cut Paris off. They oh, actually just right. plowed up the bitumen and uh, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> cut Paris. Uh, but we should talk about the motivation why they're doing this real quick. Yes. So the reason why the French and the German are, are up in arms, well, in Germany, it's a little bit different. Germany, it has to do with subsidies for fuel. In France, it has to do with being out of the market by importing food from other countries, specifically Ukraine. Ukraine, so they're, driving, we, yeah, they're driving down the price. The government... Wow is trying to bring in from these other countries to drive down and have these markets go, uh, these these farms go belly up. Similarly, China did the same thing. China basically puts a state-run farm into a country next to where all these families have had farms for hundreds of years and puts them out of business. And that's, that's what the EU is trying to do. They're trying to make massive government-owned farms owned by the state to provide all the foods. And anyone who is privately in business in farming, they're trying to get rid of them. Wow. This is this is a global thing going on right now. No, you're absolutely 100% right, Jay, because they would have to, the, the private farms would have to abide under the WEF rule. The state farms will get a break. Whatever they, that, yeah. Correct. Didn't Joseph Stalin did that? Did he take over all the farms and it started? He did. The- he did. He starved the entire. He starved the Soviet Union. Yes. And you know this all goes back to the plan of the WEF. They realize food equals control. If the if a population is dependent on government food, well, the government decides who gets fed then. Yeah. Not the free market. Yeah. And the farmer. The farmer protests are due to start here in Australia this week too. Start beginning really? Tuesday, going to a mass on Parliament House in Canberra. It, oh, really, Dave? I didn't. I didn't know that. Is it going to go to the state capital? I mean, to the to the to the the, the country's capital, or is it going to be in localized states? Um, the report I've read is uh, it's going to be Parliament House in Ca- Canberra that their their focal point is going to be. Now, what are they trying to do to the farmers? There very similar. Uh, is it very similar to the EU? Yes, yeah, very, very much so. Yikes, yeah, no food, no farmers, you know, you're absolutely right, Jay. The, these uh, 
these subsidies that the other others are getting, you know, it's not going to the farmers, they're going to Ukraine, they're going 50 yes. billion euros to Ukraine. Yeah. No wonder the farmers are upset because they have to pay more for less of a market share. Pay yeah. more, they get rid of their cows, get rid of their farms. Um, so and, the and banks can take over their farms. But yeah. That, that's, that's where it all leads. And, and and it hasn't happened too much in this stage where you see more it Sandy, you, you notice it was the truck drivers going out to oh, yeah. the San Isidro to uh Yuma uh to stand at the border and say, Well if, if they're not gonna control the border then we're gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's amazing the uh you know, that they really they're spending their money to go do that because think about how much it costs to fill up one of those trucks. It's like over a thousand dollars, yeah. You know, and uh, so you know, driving all the way over there in a convoy is pretty amazing. You know, I'm I'm thankful to these truckers also up there in Canada, for standing up for you know what's right. Yeah. But um, you know the the whole deal again is this socialist communist takeover of the world. They want to be in control. The elites want to be in control of virtually everything. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, I just want to remind everyone: we hit the we hit the hour mark, and we'll be going pretty soon. Uh, we'll be going to backstage, and you don't want to miss the backstage. Uh, we're trying to make the backstage give a little more room on the backstage because we're, we're going to be talking about the doubling down of Alistair Beggs and false teachers and false. Uh, well, some of them are false teachers for sure, but some of them are heading down that that road. Uh, because they've also bought into social justice and and uh, the woke ideas and some of these names that you're gonna want to hear uh, from what Sandy has to say and we're gonna be also talking about the the persecution of believers because on the one hand you see the compromise of the church on the other hand you see the believers who are being oppressed and attacked for their faith and uh, and, and a lot of it is coming from the government a lot of it is coming from other churches as well that won't uh, won't tolerate these believers so uh, we're, we're heading to some interesting, interesting and dangerous times, we would say, for quite a bit of believers and of the Jews as well, as we talked about it with Sandy. Uh, but before we finish, uh, we want to know, send the questions in. We'll be answering questions, but also comments. We'd love to take your comments as well. Uh, Sandy, one last part of it before we head into backstage is, as, as Europe and the U.S. have these farmers and truck issues and control of farms and control of the food supply, they keep sending money to Ukraine. And now there's Ukraine drone attacks on Russian ships. There's a Ukraine attack on Crimea. All 27 EU states have a uh, the European Union agreed to provide more money to Ukraine, like $50 billion, more artillery. And they said, it's not enough. We need more. Uh, Biden, enough. Just, Biden just said, you know, we need to send more money. And it's tied to the border aid. Like, okay, we'll send money to the border, but we also need to send money to Ukraine. Now, this is going to create the other war that we didn't talk about earlier. In the Middle East, it's one. Here's Ukraine and Russia that is going to engulf the whole European Union. The yeah, world. it looks. It looks to be. Yes, yeah, correct. It yes. looks to be the case. They have their designs even beyond Ukraine. You know, uh, I've heard even Poland, etc. So. It's a dangerous time over there. Um, yeah, I mean, in, in your lifetime, Sandy, have you seen this much danger in it to the let's say to the European continent? How embroiled it is with all these wars and all these globalism and the subjugation. Have you ever seen it like this? I, I have not seen it like this, but uh, 
You know, they've been fooling around, you know, not really funding NATO the, the way they should have. Mm. And, uh, you know, their deterrence. And so, and the U.S. has kind of backed off, under Biden especially. So, and I, I especially see it as a, as a situation where, you know, when Trump was in there, these guys didn't dare do what they are trying to do now. No, they it was that, quite a different time. They knew that Trump would respond. And you can say what you say against him, you know, all these women especially, you know, oh, Trump, I, I don't like the way he talks, you know. Uh, try being in his shoes. I mean, I'm not saying I'm a big, huge Trump supporter, but try going through what he's gone through for years and years now and not get a little snippy. Mm. You would too. <laughs> you know, give the guy some latitude to respond the way he needs to respond. But he basically told these guys off, and uh, you know they listened to him because they were they were essentially afraid of him. And mm. that's actually we need somebody in there that they're afraid of, because there's nothing else that they respond to. They don't respond to calls for peace or any of the you know don't or all this kind of stuff. No, <laughs> that doesn't work. They need to be afraid of whoever's in there. Yeah, the only emotion Biden elicits is pity. You, I you know. listen to him speak, and you're like, "Oh, poor guy. Oh, poor guy. He's in such he needs, mental decline. He needs that's, to get, have his meds." You know, <laughs> that's not that's not a good place for a leader. If you were, oh, it's recall, horrible. FDR would have two men next to him because he never wanted to let the public know. That he was confined to a wheelchair and paralyzed yeah. because it was a sign of weakness. He hid it for a long time. And yet yeah. we have a Biden being rolled out there and everybody in the world can see it and says, wow, America is weak. Look at who they elect. They elect the man who's in mental decline and dementia to rule yeah. over their country. It's, uh, and, you know, it's... It's pretty sad because they can't even come up with an alternative to the guy. Mm. And both him and his VP are, are really, they are the worst in all of American history. I don't yeah. care what these news networks works are saying. Oh, he's done all this real great stuff. No, he hasn't. That's mm. a big fat lie, you know. And, they, don't uh, command, oh, they don't command any respect from anyone. And, and look, the American military no. is... A laughing stock. I really feel sorry for. I feel really feel sorry for the people in our military, and the border border security people, and the police. You know they don't have anybody to really look up to. Yeah, no, you're right, uh, Sandy. Real quick before before as we as we're winding down, uh, almost oh, almost afraid of saying it because it sounds so wacky. You know, this, <laughs> these groups of evangelicals for Biden, you know, who who came against uh, Trump in 2020 because he was too mean. And, and, and uh, you know, guys like Douglas Moo, which is not too far from here at the um, uh, which one is it? The uh, in Pasadena, uh, the seminary there. Uh, I forget the name of it right now. But um, he comes out and he says, you know, I know Biden is pro pro choice. It, literally pro-abortion, what they mean. Uh, but we just can't have somebody that mean in the White House, which was they Trump. Just mean. Oh, he's so mean. You <laughs> know, 
But you got, not, pastors, you got these pastors who are saying, we know Biden is the problem, but we're still going to go for We're still going to vote. Why are they calling Trump mean when Biden and all of his people have called Trump and other Republicans unbelievable names? Mm. They're Nazis, they're Nazis, Hitler, yeah. etc. Racist. Come on, man. Yeah. Who's mean here? You know? So that really is completely disingenuous. It's and it unfortunately is it, it's a paradigm that has been manufactured by the media and they've pumped it into people's idea minds and it's all an emotional based thing and so guess who responds especially women this is why Trump is behind in getting votes from women because they're all like well I just I felt so bad what he said you know come on you guys are on TikTok all the time. You're used to seeing people explode on on others. You know, it's not the end of the world. But they be, actually they don't believe in this phrase that says "sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me." They don't believe that anymore. Oh, words do hurt. They're violence. Oh, oh no! Yeah. He called me a name. I'm going to sue him. You know. Oh man, what have we become? It's one thing you see it in the world, right? But you got these pastors who are, are so so weak now that okay, it's one you know even this guy move. Right? We know abortion is a problem with Biden, but we yeah. just don't have Trump. So okay, so you you you're willing to murder? Exactly. Yeah, and and now Hello. yeah, I, I wonder what they think about this now because Biden has doubled down. I mean, in Virginia, right. he was just not too long ago saying just we got to go all the way to full term. I I have yeah. I have I know people that are, are pro, they call them pro-choice, right? They're really pro-abortion, but they, 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 they're more on the side of like, well, you know, if it's early on in the pregnancy, which I don't, I don't agree with either. But when they heard that it's full term, they, they completely back off. Yeah. There's some people with some kind of conscience, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. Biden on to the extreme now. It's yeah. got to be term. It's got to be full term. I wonder what these, I don't want to call them pastors anymore. I wonder what these, you know, Pulpit politicians. They're so afraid of losing anybody from their church. And unfortunately, they've invited all these people into their church, yes. which, by the way, I hate to tell them, but the church is meant to be a place of fellowship among believers. You're not supposed to have all these other people in there who are basically dictating policy. Yeah. yeah. And that's what they've. That's what churches have become. So now they're afraid to speak against anybody. Oh, I might use the wrong uh, pronouns for people and all this stuff. Come on, man. You know, these they've been wokeified, so many of them. And that's the real scary thing, and we're going to get into that pretty quick here. Yeah. But it's scary to watch how many pastors have fallen into that trap. If you, yeah, I remember... Go ahead, Dick. If you want to oh, talk okay. about mean, real quick, let's talk about mean. Okay, what is yeah. what is mean? Uh, making uh, a comment uh, that disparages someone or putting your political opposition in jail. What is mean? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Trying to get uh, the country to calm down, that law and order survive, or sp spurring on the burning of your cities and saying that they have a right. To yeah. protest, yeah. What is more mean, uh, letting your political uh, opposition speak and be unmolested, or 
your political opposition under Biden to be uh, monitored by the FBI, to be flagged if they are believers, to be flagged if they are patriots, to be flagged if they decide to go down to the border. They buy a Bible. Yeah. If you want to talk about meanness, there's nothing more mean-spirited and evil than liberals. And uh, I'll add to that, trying to get Trump taken off the ballot in a number of states. Talk about mean. I mean, that has just got to be totally illegal to do yeah. that. You no, know, it's it's, it's like yeah, taking absolutely. the election out of America, Americans' hands. It's because they shouldn't be allowed to vote. They're a bunch of stupid idiots, you know. I just, that is the most mean thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you, Jay, on that one. You know that you had uh, uh, John Piper, you know, the darling of... Oh, boy. You know, he called Trump morally unfit. That's why he wasn't going to vote for him. And, uh, you know, to his credit, he said, I'm not voting for Biden either. But his quote was this. He says, well, we have a culture that is infected with self-exaltation, sinful self-exaltation, boasting, and strife stirring. So that's why he wasn't going to vote for Trump. He admitted the abortion issue is a problem with the Democrats, but the self-exaltation... Uh, of Trump was just too much for him. So that's why he did not want Christians to vote for him. Piper has been a part of the problem for decades now. And people need to quit buying his books, quit listening to that guy. He's a radical, ultra-Calvinist, you know. And so he has said some unbelievably stupid things. I had a huge argument with him online, uh, publicly, uh, about 20 years ago over his book i think it was was it desiring god or desiring god yeah that was a favorite i think that favorite. was it but anyway you know he was saying that christians have to be joyful have to be joyful all the time we need to be joyful oh and um, i'm going well you know yeah we have the joy of the lord in us but the bible also says in ecclesiastes that we need to mourn with those who mourn and you know, uh, and this Amen. was all during the time of the Toronto blessing, mm. where he's like saying, you know, we should just laugh and stuff. And I'm like, well, all you're doing is giving fuel to these people. Mm. Yep. Uh, Sandy, uh, the book was called Christian Hedonism, um, because I had a that problem. That was with- the argument I had because I, I said, how can you try to coin a phrase like that when it's it's absolute? It's an oxymoron. Yeah, yeah, because Christians. Christians absolutely are not hedonistic. That's what we're not to be. That's what the Bible that is, says. The opposite of Christianity. And he was totally disagreeing with me and like blasting me and stuff. And I just kept going. And yeah, he finally that, gave up the argument. Isn't it that daily is a subtitle desiring God Christian hedonism? I think that's part I, of. This. I think this. I think it was just called Christian hedonism. I think desiring God's oh, that's just the book yeah. itself. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was but, one of the things that he talked about in that book. He tried to coin that phrase mm-hmm. uh, and uh which is wrong because yep. we yes we have the joy of the lord in us and the peace of the lord because we're born again but that doesn't make us callous toward those who are suffering or uh, other things like that we are to actually have real you know a, a real emotion toward people who are are hurting in some way uh, there's a time for everything. I'm a total believer in what uh, Solomon said. There's a time and a place for everything. And um, 
So he was totally you know, just going totally against that, and he wrote like three or four books on the same subject, and everybody was reading those books. You know, yeah. what, what, I hated, what I hated about it too, it, it kind of like it made God basically had to be like a commodity that was there for right. you know for us for you know yeah. Al. They just and, pull the pull the lever yeah. and get your product, and also. To apply his principles, it also made Jesus out to be a sinner because he, you know, when he was on the cross saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, yeah. according to John He Piper, wasn't really living the John Piper lifestyle. Yeah. You know, yep. I'm like, no. <laughs> We're supposed to be following Jesus, you know. Yeah, and right. uh, interestingly, you know, when I was doing a, a, a long study on, on, uh, on, many of the martyrs and stuff in the church a lot of them they'd be like burning at the stake and they're saying father please forgive them they don't know what they're doing that's right i mean it's incredible i mean when you read that stuff you know it, it we, we have a lot to live up to you know will we do the same thing when we are you know put to that test are we willing to say hey you know I'm all for the Lord, and I forgive you for what you're doing to me, you know? So. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and there's a big test coming, and there's a big test coming. and uh, Big you know, ones, big it, ones. So we live day by day by faith and day by yeah. day through grace. And uh, uh, although we have little tests here in our lives, but those little tests are to prepare us for bigger tests. They are supposed to be preparing us, you know? And when I came, you know, had the joy of coming out to, uh, Devor, you know, I I gave part of part of my lessons lessons in forgiveness yeah. as a message, and that's how one way that the Lord's trying to prepare us. We need to be able to forgive one another and forgive others, even forgive our enemies. Mm. And that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And that, by the way, is unlike any other religion in the world. That's right. To love your enemies, to forgive them, love to your enemy as people. yourself. Yeah. Do good to those who hate you, and do good to those. Pray for those. Pray, yeah. pray for them. Yeah, and persecute. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And we are living in those days—a very difficult day where you know we, we can the episode yeah, because of the involvement and of the of the WEF of the UN is really is creating this mess in the world, which really is suffocating uh, people and lawlessness abounding. And you know, Clyde Schwab has made it very clear that. The superpowers, you know, like America and other countries are going to end. It's going to be China who's going to lead. And, and it's going to be run by World Economic Forum stakeholders. Because that's really, at the end of the day, what they want. You know, things like BlackRock, Bill Gates, all these guys to run their world. To run their world. And, it's and, scary. And Christians are up against that. We live in that, you know, in between the overlap of these 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 empires that are falling and some are coming up but we have a an unelected group like the wef like the un who are wanting to literally rule the world without any accountability i don't think a lot of christians are ready for that kind of world yeah. if it's going to happen you know the lord can intervene of yeah. course but you see well these you know it's it's scary but i'm so thankful to the lord that we have hope that's right we have hope in him we know that he's coming again that he is going to straighten this world out after it's been completely torn apart by people and their master. Um, and uh, so I'm thankful. 
that he's coming and he's gonna he's gonna make this world what it should have been yep. from the beginning. That's right. And uh, we do have hope. We don't need to be afraid of these people. We need to actually stand up for what's right. That's right. Greater is he that is in us that he Amen, that, brother. And no, Satan runs these things. Satan runs these things. And and uh, although these are troubling times and troubling things, we are not, like Sandy said, we're not to be afraid. We're commanded by the Lord not to be afraid. These things are happening. Be not afraid. Be not afraid, says the Lord. Um, send your questions in to Sandy. We're going to take them on the other side and backstage. We're going to finish catching up this episode. Uh, we'll come to a conclusion here. We won't be on YouTube or Facebook Live, but we'll be on the other platforms. But if you want to send your questions in, go to Rumble and send those questions in to Sandy and we'll be asking Sandy these questions and then we'll be expanding the backstage to uh, a whole discussion about the doubling down of Beg of Alistair Begg the, 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 uh, of course the rising up of wokeism and leftism and social justice within churches within well known leaders from yeah. Southern Baptists to other denominations yeah. and uh, Sandy will give us a little bit more of an education on that and, and the warnings and we'll conclude that ep, uh, that part of the episode on backstage. So God bless you guys. We'll see you on backstage. Jay, you got a point. Go ahead. I just have one thing that I want to say. It's been asked multiple times in the chat, so I wanted to just go ahead and give an update. Ken is watching right now, but uh, please continue to pray for Ken. Uh, he is going to a specialist this next week on Wednesday, but he could really use your prayer. He's in, he's in a lot of pain. He's struggling. So uh, just keep him lifted up. And uh, I know... He's watching, and he would appreciate very much your prayers. Amen. Absolutely. Pray for Ken. We love you, Ken. I know he's watching and listening, so we love you. And a lot of people love you, too, so we're praying for you. So uh, by God's grace, you know, you will recover and get well by God's grace. So God bless you, brother. Thank you guys for praying, and we'll see you on Backstage. All right. Welcome back to, uh, well, welcome to Backstage, the part of the episode that our Tech overlords don't want us to talk about things like that, and they will censor <laughs> anybody, including Sandy Simpson, which is here with us. Sandy, it's been a great episode so far. It's been good. We did back, uh, we're going to do backstage. We just did catching up. And so we have questions for you. We have questions for you and for Jay and Dave, if you want to jump in All on right. any other questions. But Sandy, after the questions, we'll tackle the big subject, which is the, you know, what's going on in the church? Wokeism, leftism, social justice. Gay marriages, what is going on? So let's last answer the let's ask the first couple of questions and then we can do this. Um let me see one, two, three, four. Here we go. Regarding no no, okay. Who's Carter? Okay, here we go. From what Moriel knows is Carter Colon, Carter Colon, uh Colin from Times Square Church, New York, a real teacher as far as providing sound doctrine, or is he to be avoided? I think this is a guy that took over uh, uh, Wilkerson's church. David Wilkerson, yeah. Okay, go I ahead. I would be very careful. Uh, that church has gone further and further into uh, hyper-charismaticism. In fact, even the third wave. Uh, a lot of those churches have... have you know they've they've gone gone down, and uh, it's not the same church uh, that David Wilkerson was at, uh, and so I would be very careful of those churches these days. Very good, very good. Uh, um, yeah, I remember when he took over um, quite a few years ago now. So yeah, yeah 
there's been some concern about that for sure. Uh, Sandy, what's Moriel's view on systematic theology? I have a book by Wayne Gruden who states we will restore the earth, taking Revelation, uh, taking Revelation 21. I believe that it will be Yeshua making all things new, not us. What do you think? That is correct. <laughs> it's not us. Uh, but that's what uh, dominionism is all about. That's what, um, you know, the uh, uh, reformed uh, doctrine, which is virtually the same thing as dominionism. You know, it's that the church needs to take over every aspect of the government. The new apostolic reformation, that's what they're about. You know, we are to restore the apostles and prophets to the churches. They are to rule us. Uh, then we kind of all get together as one great army and we take over the world, we take over the businesses and, and everything in the world, the governments. Uh, I hate to tell you, but that ain't going to happen. In fact, we see the opposite happening right now. We know that that's what is going to happen, that the enemy is going to get even firmer control over everything in this world. And in, that includes the churches. I'm not saying the church. I'm saying the churches. Because the gates of hell cannot... Uh, affect the actual church but unfortunately we know that the bible talks about a remnant a little flock uh the narrow gate the narrow gate where few few will find it and that's what we're seeing today it talks about a great apostasy a falling away i hate to tell you people who that are that love calvinism don't like that term but guess what jesus himself used that term he said some believe for a while but then they fall away because they don't have any root. Well, that's what we're seeing happening. And it's happening all over the place. Far greater and, I mean, far quicker than I thought it ever would. I never thought it'd be this bad by this point. It's getting to the point, and this is why we're doing these Zoom Bible studies, because there are a lot of people out there who literally cannot find a decent church in their area. And they've tried. But they're t always teaching some sort of word of faith or, you know, latter rain or Calvinism or you know, some radical thing. So it's it's sad to see what's going on, but it's, it is happening. The apostasy is here, folks. We're in the middle of it. In fact, I would say maybe even toward the end of it. It just yes, depends on when the Lord's coming. But That's right. That's right. So, Sandy, uh, you will not recommend... Wayne Gruten systematic theology, right? No, no, I wouldn't. Very good, very good. That's you heard it here, guys. It's, it's reformed. It's reformed. That's what yeah, it is. And, and, and yeah, we really don't see scripture as systematic. I don't think that the Bible was given to us in a systematic way. The Bible was given to us in, in a lot of different ways, book by books. But it's in a story. It's in a story. It takes place in real time and real history, and uh, everything is connected together. So when you no, I learned a long time ago. We used to have these long debates when I was in college between you know predestination and free will you know we'd have these big long all-night debates but then I learned later hey you either believe what the Bible says and you teach it the way they taught it or you don't and so I started teaching things as the Apostles and Jesus Christ taught and when you do that even if you don't totally understand it sometimes you're gonna get it right but if you start trying to apply what Calvin said or Augustine said or, you know, whoever, you're going to have problems because it doesn't fit. 
And I know that for a fact because I watched one of my friends fall into, you know, uh, five-point Calvinism. He couldn't even teach certain scriptures anymore. Mm-hmm. He couldn't teach Romans 11.22, where it says that if they fell if they fell away, if I cut them off, I can cut you off too. Uh-oh. He's talking to Gentiles. So, um, you know, we have to believe what the Bible says. You know, and, and so then I began to, when I was teaching about eschatology, I could, I could say, you know, I could teach the verses about, you know, he, uh, he foreknew, predestined, uh, called, justified, glorified. I have no problem teaching that at all, because for one thing, I, I do start at the beginning of that, which is foreknowledge, an extremely important point. He foreknew. It doesn't say he foreordained like the Calvinists say. He foreknew. He knew ahead of time if a person, when they were, when they were, uh, heard the gospel message, and the Holy Spirit convicted them whether or not they would respond to the gospel message. That's what it's talking about. So I have no problem teaching that, but I also have no problem teaching, like what I'm teaching right now, which is. The same message is given to all seven churches. Hear what the spirits is saying to the churches. You must overcome. You have to be overcomers. Well, if if, if God's done it all and you're, you're a done deal, then you know, then there's nothing. Why would you talk about that? Oh, they had a lot to overcome, especially you know in the first century, which is why then we need to take those precepts and apply it to ourselves because we are now and we're going to even have further problems overcoming the world and what overcomes the world is faith in the lord jesus christ that's right amen amen absolutely right sandy uh regarding languages should we be using those apps that translate languages one to another uh instantly uh, i would imagine it would be like ai artificial intelligence I mean I'm, I'm not sure I see the problem with that I mean it's I guess it's whether you're you're trusting whether there it's giving the correct uh, you know interpretation of it or not but you can check that out you can check to make sure it's actually uh, translating something correctly so I have no problem with using that I think that's a that's not a bad idea I mean uh, it's a whole lot better to actually learn the languages you know, that's, I can't remember who I was listening to. I was, I think it was Jim Gaffigan who was laughing about the fact that, you know, Americans don't know any, any language at all. We're, we're all, we, you know, we go to another culture and we're like, hey, hello, hello, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> How come you people don't speak English? Where's the McDonald's, you know? <laughs> I really laughed at that because it's so true. You know, people, you go to Europe, I have a lot of friends who live in Germany, for instance, they speak three or four languages. Right, that's right. You know? No doubt. Uh, Davey, real quick, did you have something to say on systematic theology? I think you wanted to add something to it, but I wasn't sure. Do you? Oh, pretty pretty much only going to reiterate basically both what you and Sandy said, too. You, You look, we need the whole counsel of the Word of God. We need to look at the whole picture don't view it through the lens of um systematic theology let the bible speak for itself amen brother 
That's absolutely true. All right. Will the pre-trib rapture be one of the causes of the great apostasy? <laughs> no, because there is no pre-trib rapture. But, I mean, yes, I, I can... I can tolerate somebody who believes in pre-trib, but especially the newer version of pre-trib is really bad. They've added some things onto it that weren't there before. Um, no, Nobody knows exactly when Jesus is returning. However, if you really look at the evidence, it really looks like he's coming back sometime intra-trib. You know? And... Uh, I don't agree that the whole tribulation is the wrath of God. That's not what it is. Tribulation means persecution, trials, and that is going to be there uh, for the Christians and the and the believing Jews, etc. But uh, no, um, that's not what brings it on. What brings it on is the fact that people are not standing up for what they should be standing for. We're told to get away from false teachers and false prophets. But instead, we're inviting them into our churches and into our living rooms through the TV. We're going to a meeting to get slain in the spirit, quote-unquote, by one of these guys. It's it's awful what's going on. So we... Uh, that's, that's what all of these false teachings from especially the latter rain uh, word of faith uh, emergent church uh, the new age etc have filtered into the churches and have are in the process of ruining people's faith ruining I remember talking to a few people go who are members of Marco's church who got out of word of faith and they they were like they're so thankful to the Lord that He brought them out, because it just about ruined their faith. I had a lot of people who write to me back uh, when I first started my website saying, "I gave all of my money. I mortgaged my house and gave it to Benny Hinn, or mm -hmm. you know Kenneth Copeland, and now I I can't you know I don't I don't believe in the Lord anymore. That's it. Mm -hmm. Wow. They ruin people's faith." That's you right. know, sooner or later they, they get ruined. And so, you know, I watched that happen with with kids, with young people especially, and it's it's bad. But yeah. But no, it's uh it's something that the Lord predicted would happen and, and by the way it was already happening all the way back when John wrote Revelation. You see he talked about the spirit of the Antichrist being already there. So the spirit of the Antichrist has continued, and it's grown exponentially. And people, unfortunately, are have uh, mistaken the spirit of Antichrist for the Holy Spirit. Look at what's going on in the churches. Yeah, it's bad, man. You're absolutely right. And there's nothing, you know. It really gives the enemy an opening when you're when you're doing the slaying in the spirit stuff. He'll just rush right in mm. and provide signs and wonders for you, you know? I always remember Benjamin Cream basically saying that Matreya was saying, you want signs and wonders? Uh, I'm going to bring them. Mm. And I'm like, yep, that sounds like the Antichrist to me. Mm. You know, that's we already know. The Bible says false prophets would come and do great 
signs and wonders. Not just signs and wonders, great ones. Yeah, we know that he, the false prophet's going to bring down fire from heaven, for instance. You don't think that's yeah, going to fool possible. a bunch of people? It will. It's possible deceiving even the very elect. If I could add a little bit uh, to, to what Sandy just said about that. A brother uh, in the Lord told me, we were talking about uh, preacher's rapture, and he made the point to me, said, can you explain to me why the most hollowed out part of Christianity in history, the most compromised, the one that is ready to uh, get rid of the scriptures, is the only one that escapes uh, persecution, <laughs> violence, and murder. Why, why wouldn't he do it for the first century church that were being Very burned on a cross and being fed to lions? Yeah, why do we think that we are the privileged ones who are evolutionarily much higher on the anointing scale than anybody else. We're actually at the very lowest point. We're at the lowest point. And uh, all you got to see is what's going on in the churches to understand that. We are not at the highest. We haven't evolved. We're not closer to God being little gods at all. Yeah. So, yeah, you're that, that's a real good point. All right, very good. Those are all the questions we have for uh, for today. There's more questions we can ask next week, but we have to move on to the topic at hand. Sandy, I'm going to share my screen real quick, and, uh, and you can see this here. Uh, and there we are. And um, we're talking about the uh, issue with Alistair Beck, the compromise. We heard it from Jacob yeah. last week and David last week. And um, have you heard the clip? Did you hear the clip from last week uh, that we played? Maybe we should play it again. Uh, what, what do you guys think? You got, we should play it just to make sure everybody knows the context of it. We'll play the clip. And uh, this was uh, um, a radio show, some kind of podcast that he had. And he talks oh, about yeah. a question that he received from a grandmother regarding uh, attending the the wedding, the same-sex wedding of her grandson. And this was where Alistair was said. And the reason why we bring this up, we did talk about it last week. But recent, uh, more recent stuff that he said about it and the doubling down of what he said is what the issue is. But we just want to have it in context to what he said. So I'll play this clip and then uh, we'll move on. It is in another direction. And learning to say, but I have no basis upon which I could argue that I would myself would not be where they are, were it not for the amazing grace of God, were it not for his compassion towards me. And in very specific areas, this comes across. I mean, you and I know that we feel questions all the time that go along the lines of, uh, my grandson is about to be married to a transgender person, and I don't know what to do about this, and I'm calling to ask you to tell me what to do, which is a huge responsibility. And in a conversation like that just a few days ago, um, and uh, people may not like this answer, but I asked the, I asked the grandmother, does your grandson understand your uh, belief in Jesus? Yes. Does your grandson understand that your belief in Jesus makes it such that you can't countenance uh, in any affirming way the choices that he has made in life? Yes. I said, well, then, okay, as long as he knows that, then I suggest that you do go to the ceremony, mm -hmm. and I suggest that you buy them a gift. Mm -hmm. Oh, she said, What? She was caught off guard. I said, "Well, here's the thing. They're, you're not going to your your love for them may catch them off guard, but your absence 
will simply reinforce the fact that they said these people are what I always thought, judgmental, critical, unprepared mm -hmm. to countenance anything. And it is a fancy, it is a fine line, isn't it? It really yeah. is. And people need to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. But I think we're going to take that risk. We're going to have to take that risk a lot more if we want to build bridges into the hearts and lives of those who don't understand Jesus and, yeah, and yeah. understand that he is a king. So this is what he said um, yes, yes. 10 days ago. What he said 10 days ago. So uh, obviously a lot of firestorm, a lot of people were asking questions. He was removed from his radio show that was on, on Family Christian Radio. Uh, other places, we'll talk about that in a moment. But he recently, so this Sunday, he preached a message at his church, Compassion versus Condemnation from Luke 15. So this is a way of answering. This is his way of answering yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, the controversy that he doesn't see it as a controversy. He sees it as a uh, you know storm in a teacup in which he's trying to clarify what he meant. And, and again, he comes back to the same point. He, he talks about affirming yeah, rather yeah. than reviling. So when, when you stand up against what he considered going to a gay wedding, it, it's, it sounds more like reviling. He doesn't want people to revile. He wants people to, um, you know, not affirm sin, but you can still go and show love. And you, this is word salad stuff here. Oh, I know, I know. But let me word finish. Word salad. Yeah, really quick, Sandy. Is he quotes from Luke 15, about which is the parable, teaching parables of Jesus about the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, which the prodigal son goes away. And he likens it down to the fact that it's like the older brother who's been close to, to his father, but he sees the older, the younger brother go away. And he doesn't have compassion for him. So although he didn't say we're like the older brother if we do the X, Y, and Z, he likens it unto that we shouldn't be judgmental. That's, like that's the implication, obviously. Correct. Yeah. The implication is that he is trying to say that if we act like that, we're like the Pharisees or we're like the but, older brother. You know, and so I, I wanted to turn it over to you. Hold on, Sandy. Are you ready to okay. go? I'm a stallion ready to go. But I, I want to say <laughs> everybody understands it. Otherwise, it will seem out of context. In the in the response that he gives, and this, and I encourage everybody to go see, to watch it, and to hear the message, uh, not because I'm promoting it, just because I want you to hear it firsthand. He talks about, he says, people want me to recant it and repent what he just said on the uh, on, on, on the audio that you heard, but to repent, he says, I repent daily because uh, I say a lot of things that I shouldn't say. I mean, check with Sue. Uh, this is what he says about his wife. But the fact of the matter is I'm not ready to repent over this. I don't have to. And so uh, send it over to you and then over to everybody here, uh, Jay and Davey as well, um, is his double, his stand, double stand, uh, double down, triple down, on the fact that he doesn't agree with LGBTQ stuff, but he does not going to take back the fact that he did recommend to go to this wedding and to buy them a gift. Sandy, go ahead. Uh, what he's using as examples is a false exegesis. First of all, the prodigal son went off. Yeah, he went off into terrible sin. But guess what? He woke up finally and realized that he was in a very dire situation. And so he decided to basically repent and return home. Okay? And his father was waiting for him. Jesus is always waiting for him. The older brother was jealous because the guy came home and he got everything. You know, he got his father's love. When, you know, the, the when the, the father said, I, I always love the older brother. You know, I'm here for you. But... um 
you know, that that's a false, that's twisting a narrative around for your own purposes is what that is. Um, but, uh, you know, we as believers are to stand for something. It's not being mean to stand up for what's right. That's what we're all about. We're to be salt and light in this dark generation. How can you be that if you're giving your tacit approval to a gay wedding? You can't do that. You don't have to go to that wedding. You can still show your love to that person, but and at the same time, allow them to understand that what they're doing is a sin. And it's a dangerous sin because it's a sin against God. But, you know, yeah, he... Uh, he refused to repent, and unfortunately, he also attacked American evangelicals in his sermon, basically. Uh, you know, you might think that the reaction to Alistair Begg's compromise on gay weddings is too harsh, but actually, it hasn't been harsh enough. Uh, Whatever re reputational credibility Begg stored up in his decades of ministry threw away in a recent sermon where he refused to repent and attack those who called him out. And the sermon is even worse than his in initial statements. You know, this is exactly what uh, John, um, what's his face, the, the pastor of, of Brownsville Assembly of God did. Uh, John Kilpatrick? When, yeah, John Kilpatrick. Hmm. And both him and Stephen Hill came out and attacked any Christian who would disagree with what was going on down there. And he called, He, I was there the night that he did a sermon and compared anybody who disagreed with the Brownsville revival to Sennacherib. Oh, man. Oh, thanks a lot. You're calling us the devil, basically. It was ugly. But that's what these guys do. If you don't agree with them, it's your problem, not their problem. And people had talked about him and written stuff about him and said, how come you're a false prophet? You said that Hank Hanegraaff was going to die in 90 days, and he didn't. And then you came out and said, well, I never prophesied that. Yeah, this is Kilpatrick, right? They talk Kilpatrick. About yeah, yeah. And I had it right on my website. I had, I had the transcript where he said, I'm prophesying. Okay, he said it. So they just lie. And unfortunately... I hate to see this happen with Alistair Begg because he has done some really good work in the past, but he's falling. He's falling into this trap, this woke trap. Um, unfortunately, uh, when he doubled down on his remarks, uh, he got the boot from the American family radio program also. So others have seen it. Um, so, you know, and also, uh, He's, a, he's associated with the Gospel Coalition. Uh, you know, come on, man. So it's it's a big problem, and it's it's coming into many denominations. Um, and I can talk about some other ones if you want me to at this point, unless you have other comment on that. Yeah, let, let me comment on this because I'm still scratching my head. How can he get us so wrong? I mean, he's taught the Bible for so long. And he has failed to apply it in a very, in a very, let's say, simple way. It was a very straightforward way. 
Um, and there's others who said, well, you know, we shouldn't, you know, what's the big deal going to a wedding and, and stuff like that? Uh, because a wedding affirms something that God doesn't want. A, a wedding, a gay wedding like that doesn't affirm something that God doesn't want. No kidding. You're affirming, you're affirming something unnatural. You're affirming something that is not right before God and it's against God. And, and, and so, Sandy or Jay or Davey, how can a Christian walk a fine line between affirming and reviling those whose actions are basically declaring them to be enemies of God. How can a Christian walk a fine line with that? It starts There's, with being accountable to the to the the one truth, which is the Scripture. Accountable to the Lord. Yeah, and yeah, we are accountable what, to Him for what we what we believe in and what we stand for. But that's what He's and, calling. He's calling for a know, fine got, line. How could you walk a fine line like that? Uh, like, I'm going to be kind of on the side of like, okay, truth, but he's kind been listening to people like Brian McLaren. I can guarantee you. And also, um, hmm. what's his name? Anyway, McLaren's, uh, uh, officiated at his son's wedding yeah. to another yes. man. Yes. Uh, so this stuff's been going on for a long time. And these guys come up with all their excuses about how wonderful it is. You know, and what a great thing, way to, you know. So, yeah, now they can still talk to their kids, but their kids are not really born again, you know. Um, what good is that? You want people to actually come to the Lord, and the first step of that is to recognize that you are a sinner. Yeah. You're I, not perfect. I think if I could share just what Galatians 1.10 says, this, this, I think this applies to Alistair. Um Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of right. God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Oh, absolutely. That's, right. oh, That's absolutely. exactly to the point right there. Yeah, they're walking so. this fine line to be both, you know, both not offending and still keep their faith in, in Jesus, right? They're walking this fine line. That's really what he's calling for, in my opinion. It, you know, we, we never really spoken about Alistair Begg here or, you know, I, I've never criticized him in that way before because I just, you know, I, I never really liked some of the stuff, but okay, I enjoyed some of the teachings and, and, and thought he was pretty pretty faithful to Scripture. But um, over the years, he, he's, he's diverted more and more toward a, you know, very, yeah. this very compromising aspect yeah. of it. And, uh, but you know, didn't say anything about it they've because been, well, you know, I'm not going to go and calibrate every single person that I know. However, they've been obviously hanging around with liberal, yeah, liberal people that. from liberal denominations. And you know, Beck, has, uh, his reach is pretty far out there. I mean, to me, he goes to different conferences, he goes to different denominations, different places because his reach is quite far beyond the reform uh, circle. So eventually. It's sort of bleeded out into these things where he just didn't take stands. Right. Not that he has to, for my sake or anything like that. That's not what it's about. But it's really about scripture and what the, what he is influencing believers. Because a lot of people, although they were offended by it, there's some people that would say, "Well, I agree with Alistair. We should go to the." And so it's changed the mentality within the church about, of course, stand like he's, this. And that's exactly redefining. what's going on. He's redefining terms again too. He's doing what you call having a very sentimental view of God. He's fashioning God in his own image. But yeah. Yeah. What does the Bible say about compassion? If you go, to, you know, in the book of Jude, it says, you know, on some have compassion 
you know, um, those who are doubting. Um, I was snatched from the fire. What's it say about condemnation in John 3, 18? The one who believes in him is not condemned. The one who does not believe has already been condemned. Um, he's re redefining terms. He's, he's uh, trying to be friends with the world. You cannot be friends with the world and friendship with the world's enmity with God. Uh, he has more, he can, as Jay was saying before, he concern, he's more concerned with how the world sees him than how yeah. God's... I've seen this happen so many times over the years with pastors, especially of mega churches. You know, they uh, get to the point where they are really afraid of offending somebody. They might leave, leave the church or whatever, you know. And uh, so then that's when they begin to compromise with these kinds of things from the world. Yeah, and we, absolutely. We, we see this happening in those churches, but we also have been watching it happening in a lot of places. And um, you want me to talk about that? Yeah, let, let's do that because obviously we okay. know there's an issue with Alistair Beck, and, and, and obviously yeah, a lot yeah. of things are going to bleed out with that. And uh, there's a compromise there and his doubling down, well, but he's not the only one. The main thing that the, the main uh, thing that I'm concerned with about that is that we're watching previously good pastors fall into this woke stuff and Marxism. Mm. They're falling. And it's kind of scary to watch. Who do you trust anymore? You know, you've got to constantly check these people out to see where they're coming from. We've got, from the New Apostolic, we've got Preston Sprinkle. He hosted a webinar on why we need more homosexual and queer Christian leaders. You know, he's, he's from a third wave churches, uh, you know, uh, and uh, he's part of the original advisory board member of, of revoice, which is the oh, great yeah, Christian yeah. movement yeah. within evangelical churches. Wow. It's so scary to see, Oh, we've got a movement in the churches like gay Christians who want to be the pastors of these churches. I'm like, what, why would you want that? But they do. And I watched, uh, I watched an entire denomination called the, uh, the friends evangelical friends up there in, in the Northwest in Portland, et cetera, fall down because the gays got a, got a foothold in the church and that was it. They wanted to take over the whole thing, and that's exactly what they got. They took over the whole church. We've got uh, this guy is not this guy is a false teacher and a false prophet, all the way back to the Kansas City prophets. But IHOP fi has finally done a full investigation of Mike Bickle. Oh yeah, and he was engaged in inappropriate behavior, including sexual contact and clergy misconduct in an abuse of power. International House of Prayer has re revealed the full results of the investigative report, report into the actions of founder and prophet Mike Bickle, prepared wow. by Ros Rosalie McNamara from the law firm Lathrop GPM. She says she was allowed unhindered access to all the parties and players involved except Mike Bickle himself. Oh, who boy. declined to be interviewed directly, <laughs> but did not respond. Uh, he did not respond to written questions. 
and the primary Jane Doe that Bickle has already admitted into having an inappropriate relationship with before the foundation of IHOP. Uh, you know, on the advice of her lawyer, he wasn't supposed to talk about that. Um, I could have told you this was coming way back when we did our, when Mike Oppenheimer and I did the 13-hour series <laughs> on the New Apostolic Reformation, which, by the way, I highly think every pastor ought to watch it because then you'll see exactly what's going on. But the scary part is a lot of those people in that in the new apostolic hierarchy are either extremely effeminate or something. Something's going on, and it's creepy, folks. It's creepy. <laughs> it, um, it really is the 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 agenda. It's it's like a gay agenda within the church that yeah. has got hold of it. Yeah, got a hold of them. Uh, more wokeism. Southern Baptists and Evangelicals together joined together to create a scripture twisting program promoting open borders. Oh, so they're into that too. Isn't that wonderful? As if the, the Southern Baptists <laughs> haven't already been a pretty bad <laughs> example, you know, with all their CRT and you know, all this stuff that they're promoting down there. And uh and yet so many Southern Baptist churches are doing nothing about it. They continue to allow, you know, the, the those guys to have, have their say in the denomination. Um, um, I remember the other, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, Sandy, I was just wondering, I've just been thinking, and I uh, was wondering if I could ask you a question. Mm -hmm. uh, like when I see people like Alistair Begg doing this kind of thing, it's kind of like it. To me, it seems like they ha don't have a fear, a healthy fear of God at all. Oh, they don't boy. God, they don't see God as being, um, you know, judging or that at all. And I'm wondering, how much do you think their, like their eschatological viewpoints um, if, um, kind of uh, affect this? You know, if they it don't does. believe God coming back to judge the Unfortunately, nation. Unfortunately, there's a Calvinist component, Reformed component. To all of that, it, there's a once saved, always saved component in back of that. If uh, you believe you're once saved, always saved, hey, it doesn't matter. Whatever happens, I'll be fine. You know, yeah, that's what it really comes down to. And in fact, I I've said this before. I had a an audio tape. I don't know if I still have it or not, but it was Chuck Colson, um, not Chuck Colson. Um, oh, who's the guy on? TBN. Oh, Crouch? No. Um, oh, what's his name? He's got a son. Oh, Stanley. Charles Stanley. Oh, Andy Stanley. Um, yeah, he's an absolutely. They had a, him on a radio program, and this lady called in. She said, I have a question for Charles. I'm a Christian, but I'm going to commit suicide, and I want to know if I'm still going to go to heaven. His answer was yes. You still go to heaven. Wow! It's a Condemning that person to hell, by the way. Exactly, because the just, Bible's just... quite clear that that's self murder is what that is. So, there are no murderers in heaven. You don't you don't get the kingdom of God 
by murdering yourself unless by some uh, amazing thing you repent on your way to death but to sell, tell somebody that on the radio talk about irresponsible beyond irresponsible beyond irresponsible that's that, just... that comes from a calvinist point of view oh you're all done so you're fine you know the same thing with uh, john macarthur oh it's okay you can get the mark and you know and and later repent of it and you'll be fine it's not what the bible says at all you know you're giving your allegiance to satan when you get the mark yeah we have we already have the mark it's called the holy spirit in us it says that's that's you're marked in the holy spirit we belong to him okay a few more things I remember Jacob talking about the Jesus rev, uh, revolution, um, Jesus movement, and he got saved in a group called The Way, I believe. And uh, But they are completely off. I just wanted to mention that now. They're, complete, they're not the same as they were to begin with. In fact, they weren't so good when they began. But uh, it was Victor uh, Weirville. And he died in 1985 after 40 plus years of teaching a different Christianity with a completely different Jesus than scripture. The way continues to offer his wrong and heretical teachings. Many have been influenced by Weirfield's writings. He's the main influence on many who deny the biblical identity of Christ. We also find the way trying to renew themselves through the web, which is why uh, Mike Oppenheimer produce this article they have about 100,000 members um however there's probably only a, a couple thousand left at this point but uh it's it's a dangerous cult group now where it wasn't before unfortunately though in the Jesus movement uh, a lot of groups got sidelined and taken off taken off the rails by people like Lonnie Frisbee and John Wimber and others, and they got taken off. A good thing. It was a good thing when it started. <laughs> and I remember it per- quite well. In fact, I was there in 1970. I was in California. And I actually met Lonnie Frisbee, believe it or not. But uh, even at that time, and I was, you know, I just grad- graduated from high school. I heard the guy talking, and I just, I, I said to myself, this guy is not truthful at all. I don't believe some of these stories he's telling. You know, he had all these stories to tell people. So um, I knew long ago that that guy was not where he should be, you know, at all. Um, oh, uh, with Alistair Begg, he also got... Uh, got canceled from the Ligonier's RefNet and Shepherds Conference. They canceled him. Yeah, he was going to be out here in California this year at the Shepherds Conference. Yeah, I didn't know he was. There's a lot of people who are upset with that guy. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Sandy, a couple of things. Um, you know, obviously we talked about the social justice aspect of it, the wokeism and all that stuff that's coming into the church. Obviously the LGBTQ affirming, uh, that's a big pressure on pastors and teachers. And you know, there's a whole movement within yes. the church to affirm that. Um, I want to ask you about Beth Moore within the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh. Because here, what was it, the year before, 2021 or 2022? Uh, you know, she told the, the men in her ministry at, at, a, at, a, at a meeting to apologize to people at the assembly uh, congregation for being men. You talk about yes. apologizing for being men. Uh, you have that guy. I'm the- sorry. I'm a man. Yeah. How can what you a change- ridiculous. This shows why somebody like her should not be teaching at all. Some of these yeah. women should be, the churches should completely ignore them. She is a completely untrustworthy person. Yeah, she has you a know, lot of friends. It's a darling. She's of been hanging out with the emerging church people and the new apostolic. And yeah, she's the darling of the Southern Baptist Convention. She's a darling, yes, you know, big following. Yeah, but you and know, they all use her materials. You can't yeah. blame her for the for this. You can't blame a snake for being a snake. You, okay, <laughs> you in the yes, case in, in this case, I would blame the church. The people that support her are the problem, yes, not her. You're right. Well, oh. you know, between her and Joyce Meyer and people like that, they put out just a raft of materials. You go to any Christian bookstore, you're going to see just a mountain of books and Bible studies. And so especially women's groups, they'll yeah, use this materials. When I first went to this church I used to go right. to, they were using uh, Joyce Meyer's materials. So I went to the pastor. I said, you know what she is? She's complete word of faith. She believes that Jesus had to be born again in hell. Okay. This person should not be teaching the women in this church. He finally talked to somebody and they got rid of that book. But, you know, they kept getting more stuff from some of these women, you know, and it's it's a big mistake, you know. But anyway, I mean, I told him there are other people that you can get that have written trustworthy books and stuff that you could study. That's right. But here's an idea. Why don't you study the Bible? Yeah. Well, you know, you need somebody to tell you what it says, right? That That's really what the point is. You need somebody to tell you what yeah, it says. You know, they're just filled with that. Well, all you got to do is look at her, Beth Moore. She looks like she's on some kind of medication. Honestly, she looks like a deer in the headlights. You know, her eyes are all weird. Uh, uh, I'm guessing she is on medication. Sandy, what about that uh, David Platt, McLean Bible Church, apologizing for being white? His whole ministry is white, and therefore he needed to repent of that. How do you repent from that? Ridiculous. Yeah, this is a, a once a good church at one point, long, long time ago, McLean Bible Church. Now That's you the thing. The a lot of these things were good churches. Yeah. I was just talking to you earlier about Alistair Begg. I believe that Alan Redpath used to be the the pastor at the church he's at. And I am very fortunate that when I was about nine years old, my dad took our family up there to hear Alan Redpath. And I'm telling you, man, that guy could preach. Mm. That guy was excellent. I think he'd be rolling over in his grave to hear hear what, you know, Beg is saying right now. Yeah, it's terrible. Absolutely. Uh, so apologize for being a man, apologizing for being white, repentance over white, those things. Yeah. What about if you're a white man, you've had it. 
oh man, you're done. You're like the, the worst Christian, right? That well, what that, that book that was written, I forget the name of that lady, uh I can't remember at the point at the point. It's called John Wayne and Jesus. And he was talking about how the problem with the faith in Christianity is white Christianity. White men in Christianity are Oh the, yes, their problem. problem. Yeah. And it's also the uh in Israelis, they're they're predominantly white, so uh you know, they don't deserve they don't deserve to be supported because they're white. This is why I really, really want to watch that movie that's coming out. It's called God and Country that we talked about it here and catching up. Uh, uh, Jay and Davey at the, yeah. uh, about it with them, uh, which is promoted and, and actually made by left-wing Christians uh, that promote climate change, green Christianity, that promote socialism, promote Marxism, promote LGBT, promote abortion. And the and, and Sandy, some of these guys here, like Russell Moore is on that video. Russell Moore. Yeah. convention. Prompted by some of the leaders there. Doesn't surprise me at all. And he's going left and more left and more left as we go. Yeah. And still, uh, I think he's still a professor in the flagship of the Southern Baptist uh, um, Seminary. And uh, he's in that video. Uh, also, the guy from VeggieTales is in that video. Other guys that are surprising are in that video uh, promoting this idea that the problem with Christianity in America is basically this, this nationalism, this white Christianity that has come on. And, and because we don't promote or Christianity that they think is bad. They don't promote abortion. They don't promote homosexuality. That they're the problems. And a Christianity that needs to be loving, it needs to be compassionate. They said it needs to be yeah. affirming to other people. I don't what think anyone well, needs to apologize for the color of their skin when it comes to matters of faith. The only apology that I think is necessary for most of these pastors, these left-wing liberal pastors, is they need to apologize for being lukewarm. No kidding. It's, it's Laodicea all over again. And That's God's right. created each of us. God's, you know, in his wisdom, he created us, you know, the way he wanted us to be. We were fearfully and wonderfully made. Basically, it's a slide on God when they put go yeah. into this. Well, tree. how can you apologize for being the skin color you are? Yes, you didn't God have any choice it. in that matter. Or where you, you know? were born, or, or yeah, it, it, it is absolutely. When has Christianity got into that? But it's the left wing social justice reform. Yeah, it's their whole whole thing. Yeah, it's setting it, people against one another for political reasons. You know, they're reforming the church within the church to become more sinful and and yes. and blame the orthodox ones, uh, the Christian, and I mean by orthodox, yes. the one that stay true to the main doctrine of scripture, uh, yeah. for being too orthodox, for being too Christian. And, yeah. and it's an inversion of the reality. It's They're too Christian. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, you know, there's what's being called side B theology. And it's basically they're making a push for more homosexual pastors. Well, that's what we need today. That's yeah. a revoice organization. Revoice, yeah. Uh, you know, Andy, Andy um, talking about that. Uh, not Andy, Yeah, Andy Stanley's talking about that with his conference. You know, of course. You know, yeah. it asserts that homosexual desires and identity are not sinful. Yeah. In a partial affirmation of homosexuality and transgender transgenderism. And, you know, uh, obviously this could be carried over and is into uh, pedophilia. And, you know, a few, you know, next I'll be asking for pedophiles to be pastors in the churches. Can you imagine that? Um, I mean, you have left-wing churches, really radical liberal churches. You have drag queen hour, and they bring kids to the. I was drag about to say they're I, already there. Yeah, it's they're like, already there. 
Can you I imagine? I couldn't believe I, um, you know, I had a picture on my website for a while. I think it's still there of of this transgender guy uh, dressed as a woman or whatever coming up and doing like the the children's story time before church started, and he's up there on the <laughs> on the stage talking to the children. This transgender guy in this yeah. church. Could you believe that? Yeah. Uh, one one other guy, uh, Sandy, that I want to talk to you about was uh, Max Lucado. Very well known. He's uh, probably every denomination has probably had some of his books, devotions, written a lot of stuff. But he's yeah. also on the social justice stuff. He's talking about you know the, the the his Christianity is too wide. The so, you know the, the the skin color matters, and we need to be more willing to accept those who don't look like us. You know, sort of repenting for being white again. It's 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 the implication. So, but he's gone off for a long time. I mean, it's it's nothing new. But people just love his books, so you can't really say anything about him. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, it's been a long time coming. Um, but, uh, I have a number of books, book reviews on my site written by good people like, uh, like Gary Gilly and, uh, Ryan call talking about Max Licato. So if you want to come to my site, you can get information on, on his books and stuff. Did he come from a, a, a certain theological perspective? Yes, he did. He came from, people don't know this. But he came out of Church of Christ, which is a heretical denomination. They teach mm -hmm. baptismal re regeneration and a number of other things. You know, it's a, it's heretical. So as we finish, and, and we talked about Laodicea and uh, where the church is at today. But what about the other side? We see the environment of the world, uh, Sandy and, 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 and Jane Davey. It's changing rather, radical, rather radically. Uh, this one specific one, this is U.S. Navy veteran Michael Cassidy, who was the one that we talked about it here. He decapitated the statue of Satan in Iowa, Iowa State Capitol. And now he's being charged with uh, basically a hate crime. He's got to serve some time for, for doing that. Uh, well, at the same time, you have uh, Joe Biden's uh, DOJ, the Department of Justice, who Joe Biden is a Catholic himself. He's targeting Catholics for the, you know, how about this, the reality that they stood in a, uh, at a, at a abortion facility in uh, Mount Juliet in Tennessee protesting against abortion. But the protest was rather interesting. I'm, I'm going to show you that clip. I think Jay has it. Jay, I'm going to stop sharing my screen. Yep. If you can show what the six... Actually, there were 11 charged with blocking an abortion clinic, which is under the FACE Act that Bill Clinton passed. Uh, but six of those 11 were actually charged now, have been charged and found guilty by the DOJ. And now they're going to ser uh, serve about 11 years of prison if something's not done. Uh, these are Catholics. Here, uh, go ahead and finish yeah. and I'll play it. Thank you. Uh, these are Catholics, and I used to be a Catholic myself. Uh, I'm not saying I agree with Catholicism, but I agree with the fact that they were against the, they were there are against abortion, and they were there uh, protesting. And and I guess to Biden, this was really vile. Uh, we're, go ahead and play what they were doing, Jay. <laughs>
I heard? They're singing Christian songs. Hmm. Hey, how about the people who cr created all those riots? That's right. In 2020. You know, oh, they're fine. They're okay. But yeah. oh, singing. Oh, that's 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 bad. That's bad. So, uh, Chester Gallagher, Paul Vaughn, Heather Idany, Calvin Zastro, Coleman Boy, Dennis Green will face about 11 years worth of prison uh, and fines up to $260,000. If the if the sentence hearings is going to be in July second, so if they if nothing's done, the sentence hearings will take place on July second, and um, they will be going to prison for that. And uh, what a shame, isn't it? The, 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 I'm not saying that uh, I agree with Roman Catholicism or anything like that, but this is they would have imprisoned Christians. They would, I've known Christians that go to uh, anti uh, that are anti-abortion. They go to clinics and they and they stand and they share the gospel. And it's that the future. For Christians who go, yes, it is. And, and, and it's just another excuse, and of course they're going to be using this as a major uh, part of their campaign platform. Uh, yeah, Democrats. absolutely. And, and the idea here is, of course, to keep Christians from coming from coming to these uh, uh, to these clinics and to share the gospel and to you know that lady in, in the UK peacefully protesting by praying silently in her head. She was arrested for praying uh, uh, just across That's the right. street. There was, uh, guy, there was another guy in the UK just this um, past week, I think, who got arrested too. Oh, man, I wish we yeah, I wish we had that clip. That would have been awesome to show it uh, because it is happening to evangelists. It is happening to people that protest against abortion. Um, you know, the, the Republicans haven't done this, this thing yet, but they want to repeal the FACE Act that uh, Bill Clinton had. But they've had almost 40 years to almost 30 some years to do it that means they, they never it. will do it you got it. exactly exactly so um what about the christians in nigeria you know 89 percent of martyr christians worldwide report uh it, it is quite a bit of nonsense when people don't talk about this what's going on in nigeria i mean i've heard more stuff coming from supposedly believers right uh, telling me how bad it is in the war and all this stuff that, you know, and some of them are anti-Israel anyway, but it, it's specifically dealing with Christian persecution. They don't talk about it. I, I, I've had very, very, if any, few Christians have sent me things regarding the persecution of Christians, especially in Nigeria. They're not outraged about it, but they're outraged about Israel and all this stuff. And, and here's the uh, Funam, which is the... Uh, uh, Futani National Movement in Nigeria, which basically is Boko Haram, and their establishing of Sharia law and a Sharia government within Nigeria. If you read it, it's basically anybody who's a Christian or not Muslim will not be tolerated within Nigeria if they get control of it. So this is what Christians are facing, uh, uh, Sandy, persecution. Obviously, this happened to Catholics, and it could certainly happen to evangelical Christians. Uh, hate crime for hating Satan. I mean, it's almost a joke. It's the, almost a joke, but it's the joke a, is is that like. the guy who's the head of this cult came out and he was interviewed by the news and he said, "We don't worship Satan." Wow. Yeah, it's a ploy, right? It's a no ploy. kidding. You know, they're just liars. You know, 
but so, that's that's typical. Yeah, so we now you have the other side of the church, Smyrna. You have the compromising church of Laodicea, compromising with the world, with sin, with wokeism, social justice, and the LGBT mafia. And then you have Christians who are suffering for their faith and yeah. uh and persecuted and i'm not i'm not relating to every single person in this uh, in this movement in the anti-abortion uh, movement is a christian what i'm saying is they're targeting those who are anti-abortion and, and and christians are anti at least yeah. they ought to be anti-abortion and um it is an american holocaust and christians stand Absolutely. up and pray and share the gospel there well they're going to be targets uh, of, of the of this regime and the administration so uh, i guess what i'm saying is uh, this is what real Christianity looks like in a sense of standing up for your faith and dealing yep. with the consequences. And this is and then the false Christianity that uh, confirms and admits and affirms sin and does not stand for truth and and, and, and no longer have any uh, overall truth, you know, the, the supreme yep. truth, but rather have succumbed to personal truth is just as important, they say. Yeah. And personal truth leads to um, a, a view of God that is not biblical. You know, like if I feel God is like this or I feel my truth is I like that. Feel... Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's relativism. It is. It's, subject, it's subjectivism. It's, uh, you know, everything has come down to that. That's why people don't want God in their life. They don't want to know that God exists. Yeah. Because that means that somebody else uh dictates the rules yeah and it, i can't have that i i have to be able to dictate my own rules and by the way everybody has to agree with me or else you know i'll attack them or sue them or something you know yeah um this but, sentimental view of god has led to a sentimental theology sentimental and, it's, theology. and it's all through society obviously but yeah. it's also coming to the churches yeah. And sentimental theology leads to situational ethics, and situational ethics yes. is basically truth is not truth. It depends on the situation. It's so, only truth if it's truth to, true to me. Yeah. And by the way, I can have a different truth than you can, but don't say anything about my truth because that's my truth. Well, and it's if like, I got on the uh, who made you God? You know. <laughs> well. If I got on a plane, I'd want to have a pilot who believes in absolute truth. Uh, I wouldn't yeah. Plane on feelings. Good luck with having them in the next couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen some of the new ads from uh, Alaska Airlines and a few of the others. Well, Southwest, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Delta. It's 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 pretty scary. I, yeah. I just wanted to connect real quickly uh, to something you said: the the Church of Smyrna and the Church of Laodicea. They are they're they're somewhat connected in the fact that Smyrna preserves the faith. It strengthens the faith. Laodicea weakens and dilutes the faith. Yeah, Without people today. willing to suffer and carry that cross, there is no preservation of faith. That's correct. And uh you know, Laodicea is a picture of the end times church. Um, and it's a message to the end times church. And by the way, one of the difficult messages is if you're going to be lukewarm, I may just spit you out of my mouth. Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. And also, at the beginning of Revelation, he said, I'll re remove your lampstand. 
Well, guess what? I think a lot of churches today have had their lampstand removed. There's no Holy Spirit ministry. They're not really preaching the gospel. They're not really teaching the truth. It's all a big jumble, you know. And uh, just like the first century churches, only two of them still exist today. And those two were the ones that were not rebuked by the Lord. That was Sardis and Philadelphia, I believe. That's right. Yeah. We want to be like Philadelphia. I'm teaching that now, you know. We want to be the Philadelphia, because the Philadelphian church and Laodicean church basically exist at the same time. Yep. But unfortunately, the Philadelphian church is a very small remnant number of people. And we have a huge Laodicean uh, cult that's out there today. And, um, you know, if people, like you said, Jay, I mean, if people can't stand up for what they believe in, we got big problems. Who's going to do that? We're the ones that are supposed to be doing that. If we, you know, if we leave behind our responsibility, then uh, who's there to try to help people? We either have to be bold and help people or just get out, you know? The Lord expects us to not be ashamed of him. Otherwise, he will be ashamed of us before the Father. That's what the Bible says. We need to be not ashamed. That's right. That means we stand up for the gospel, but we also stand up for truth. Amen. Amen. And I think Go ahead, David. I also think the responsibility falls more on people, you know, on us like the men too, to to be the men that God's called us to be. Uh, Yes. Going back to what you were saying about the feminism, feminization of the church. um, Yeah, we need to be the men God's called us to be. I, I, just like the Bible does, I lay the problem of sin with the men. Yeah, it was Eve who was deceived. But it was Adam's responsibility not to give in to that deception and not to allow his wife to be deceived. The reason we have such garbage going on today is because men have absolutely dropped their responsibility. I can't even believe what's going on on these social media sites. I can't even basically peruse my Facebook account because got all this stuff being uploaded from TikTok to Facebook, and you can't even look at it. It's completely pornographic. You're absolutely right. Women are just basically completely exposing themselves now. Yeah, and this is what we're up against. It's what we're up against, and our kids, you know, who don't have the capacity to think through those things, you know, to deal with it, um, are being hit the hardest. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to protect our children. I know your deeds, says the Lord, that you have little strength, but yeah. I said an open door, Jesus said to the Church of Philadelphia. And uh, and you have little strength, but you have kept my word yeah. and you have not denied my name. This is to the Church of Philadelphia, the faithful church. That's Sandy right. Simpson, we need to fight against lukewarmness. We need to fight against being lukewarm within ourselves, within our society, within our churches. Yeah, unfortunately, we have to fight lukewarmness in ourselves and in our churches so that people can be 
purified by the Lord and be strengthened for what he has for us, which is an open door, an open door of faith to share the gospel with the nation. So Sandy Simpson, I'm going to let you close it out. We thank you so much for being here. Final words. Father, we come before you and you know the situation that we're in and it's getting rougher every day for a lot of people. A lot of believers are dealing with a lot of stress today. Lord, help us to bear up under that and to look at it as an opportunity to reach out to this generation, which may be the last one. We don't know, but it sure seems like things are wrapping up. The enemy is ratcheting up everything, and uh, we see wars coming. We see famine and pestilence and all kinds of things coming upon us. Help us not to lose our faith, but to hold on strong to you so that we can be a good example to others, especially the younger generation. Lord, I pray that you protect our kids, that for those who are not believers, that you would save them, Lord. Somehow that you would grant them repentance, like the Bible says. And... Uh, Lord, we know that a lot of these things are happening because we, we were warned. You warned us about this long ago. We knew these things were coming. We knew that there was apostasy coming to the churches. And that's exactly what we're seeing, Lord. It's disheartening to watch people who we may have respected previously fall into the traps of relativism and Marxism. But we just pray, Lord, that somehow you would bring some of those people out, that you would wake them up according to your word. I pray you would continue to help us, Lord, as we do these programs to be able to address these issues, to help people to make their way through some of these things that are going on and to come out the other end stronger. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that if we ask you for wisdom, that you will grant us wisdom and i thank you for doing that so many times in our lives lord we just trust in you and we thank you and lord come soon in jesus name amen thank you sandy and to all those who have been watching and to those who have been with us and not only live but will watch later may the lord richly strengthen you we talked about the churches today we talked about quite a bit of things and the main important thing for us is to remain to remain in Christ, remain solid, to continue to follow God's word, to continue to preach God's word, which is an important thing. You know, it comes in and it has to flow out. And I encourage you guys to keep preaching Jesus. I mean, that means sharing Jesus. That means communicating the word of God to people, family members, loved ones, neighbors, friends, even your enemies. We talked about it earlier with Sandy, uh, because they need salvation. And, and God's God's desire and God's willing that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. So keep that in mind as you go through your week. It's, it's a difficult thing. We talk about difficult subjects. We don't shy away from them, but we deal with them in a biblical way. And, um, and giving you our perspective, our stance, what the Bible says what the scripture shows, and um, and we continue to do so. Thank you for your prayers. Pray for Ken, pray for Sandy, pray for Jacob, pray for David, pray for these men that are here and those who have been on, and uh, keep praying for uh, Bible teaching churches. Please pray for our church, uh, the church, Open Door Church in New York, other, other fellowships that are solid and standing for God's word. So thank you so much, and we will see you next week. God bless you guys.